four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. A little raspy today. You're going to have to deal with it. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. We're here. Wait, wait, you did not just sound like that two seconds ago before we went out the air. I didn't? No, this, this, no. I am, I've been raspy all day. I don't know what to tell you. I don't uh, think you were really listening. That's a, there, there's a good chance that it's true. I think maybe you were smoking something other than cigarettes in the car out there there's for the a last 45 minutes. Better chance that it's true. <laughs> two dollars. If my left, you know, says that you did not sound like that, like we're from, I swear you sounded normal. I've been sounding like this all day. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's been a lot of coughing. I feel okay. I just sound like crap. I sound kind of like you last week when you had this oh, you're gonna same get hit, thing going you're gonna on. Oh, you're going to get hit with it in a day or yeah. two. And, and I mean, I feel fine. Like, I, I think the... Yeah, so did I at first. Yeah, but it, like this has been like three days now. It, it started last Friday. It was just like... Allergy stuff. I felt tired. I feel okay now. I just don't have like my voice is kind of gone, which is great for radio. I mean, you probably good chance as well. You have a better immune system than I do. Possible. I also. I mean, have you gotten any sort of like immunization shots in recent history? You get a flu shot? I'm no. gonna guess no. <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the last time you got a flu shot? Uh, honestly, I want to say. People still thought the trickle-down economics was a good idea. Oh. That's Pot <laughs> shots at Reagan five minutes into the show. Wow. Coming in hot on a, on a uh, Tuesday here. That was the last time I think I got a, a flu shot. Now, I did get the 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 uh, the COVID thing. The COVID thing? Yeah, I did get, I did get one of those. <laughs> Okay, can, can I finish the rest of the intro here? I know I know my voice sounds weird. I know it threw you for a loop. But we are on, it's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1. Uh, God, now you fill me all off. I, I can't even do it. Uh, we're here until 6 o'clock. We want to hear from you. 502-414-1450 on the Thornton Sex Line. It's the best way to interact with the show. We want to hear your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns, your take on last night's national title game, your take on a new Louisville Cardinal in the transfer portal, your take on Trevor Smoking, your take on my voice, your take on everything good. Hit us up on the Thornton Sex Line, and while you're at it, download that Refreshing Rewards app. It's going to save you money every time you need to fuel up at the pump. Download it today. Fill up at Thornton's. You've never needed to save more money. Money, I can't talk. At the pump, more than you do right now. 
Download that Refreshing Rewards app, which is going to make that happen. Trevor Kelsey, uh, before we just kind of started jumping in and talking about my voice, I was going to ask, how are you? I know you had a good Monday night last night. I know you watched the game. You were in good spirits when I was talking to you, but you're in bad spirits today because Wordle has thrown you once again for a loop. Wordle sucks. You're upset about it. Screw this. It's just a fad. But how are I you? I hate this game. <laughs> how are you overall? Um, not, not too bad. Not, not too bad at all. Uh, not a, a fun Monday night game, despite the fact that uh, the gambling gods decided to, to to treat me like Cinderella. You had a rough one. Yeah, uh, and not and not like the good Cinderella at the ball, but the bad Cinderella with the stepsisters making her do all the cleaning and, and, and all that crap. The bad part. The bad part, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, she actually gets her foot cut off in the real story, but that's not here or there. Um, yeah, so the other than that, yeah, good, good. I, 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 I got my voice back. I'm still clearing a little bit out of out of the, the throat. You sound great this week, but um, yeah, man, now I know how. Is that how I sounded on Monday last week? The way you sound now? Yeah, you also were just kind of like out of it. I just couldn't get anything out of you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Texter says, Mike, it sounds like you have been. Uh, I can't say that. Texture says, Jesus, Mike, you make Trevor sound like he hasn't been chain smoking for the last 25 years. <laughs> Texture says, Trevor hasn't had a flu shot since UK beat us in basketball. God, Texture right there. there. It is. If we had a gift to give, you'd have just won it right there off the bat. Texture said, I'm guessing you won't have a voice at all by 6 p.m. Get your bets in now. Will I still have a voice remaining by the time we get to end at the end of today's show? Ooh. It's time. Make that bet. Make that wager. I tell you what, just just figure out what I'm going to bet and go the opposite way because that seems the way it's been working recently. I told you not to listen to me at the end of yesterday's show. I said if I had to bet, I would take the over, but don't. I don't feel good the about anything. Is, I don't listen and to you, you half did. the time. I, 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 you listen to the wrong parts is the problem. <laughs> I told you not to do it. Go watch the movie Private Parts. What? <laughs> the only thing that I told you that I felt confident about, and we both kind of were in agreement at the end of yesterday's show, I was like, I feel like the spread's going to come down to the final seconds. I think Kansas wins. I think it's going to be right around the number. I took Kansas by four in my prediction. And sure enough, they've got the ball up three. All you have to do is stay in bounds, and it's feeling like a nice little hit yeah. for covering the spread. Yep. I, can't, I can't talk. This is going to be Oh, no, no, I got you here. It, it, was, it was a hit. It was, now, obviously, what would have probably happened had you know Slappy McGee not stepped out of bounds on, on the inbound By the way, pass. did you hear the French broadcast of that? Yes. we got to play that at P- some point. Plus, I mean... I do have a question about like the the lineage. Like he, he touched a little line that has the the, the, the purple, and then the, then there's the wood base, and then there's the full out. Of it back. did look awkward. I, like, I I know what you're saying. What what, what, is, what is the perimeter here? I mean, I, I'm curious. That first line is the line. But okay, it, it does make it look weird. Yeah, I mean, and and on top of that, though, honestly, it wouldn't have mattered because I know my luck that he would have stayed in bounds. Slappy would have realized his, his, you know, Magellan would have realized he went just too far out. They would have fouled him. He'd hit both free throws, been five. And then North Carolina would have hit a three at the buzzer. And, oh, yeah. And I would have still lost. I was already so, in I mean, I, I, I was already, yeah, I knew, I knew it was going to happen. It was inevitable which way it was going to go. At least in this way, I still lost, and North Carolina fans still got their heart broken even more. They did, although they're trying to do the thing today where it's like, at least we had the Duke win. At least we had this run. It was a fantastic, like, just happy to be here. The future's bright. I can't believe we doubted Hubert. Look at how good we're going to be next year. And I, I get it. Don't get me wrong. You were an eight seed. Nobody saw this run coming. A month ago, we weren't sure you were going to make the NCAA tournament. At the same time, you led the national title game by 15 at halftime. Really? I didn't know that. No team had ever lost. 
leading by 15. No team had ever lost when leading by 16 at any point in a national title game before. Wonder what the record was before last night. Did they say it? I think they did. I don't remember what it was. I think okay. it was like it was Loyola Chicago in 1963. Oh wow! They overcame. I think it was like 12 or 13 points. Because it was against like Cincinnati or Ohio I don't State know who it was against, yeah. but I just know that was the fact. But no team had ever overcome a 15 point halftime deficit. No team had ever come a 16 point deficit period in a national title game. You did both those things last night, and I know that. Like overall, the month was still fantastic, and you're you have that Duke Coach K thing forever. Don't get me wrong. I'd be celebrating too. But, and we've talked about this on the show, I feel like, many times. You don't get shots at titles every year. Think about all the great North Carolina teams that you followed over the years that have just, for whatever reason, flamed out. Think about the team. You, you were a one seed a couple of years ago, got blown out by Auburn. Stuff like that happens. It's so rare to get to that point, whether you're a one seed, an eight seed, a four seed, a whatever seed. And when you squander a 15-point victory, and not only that, when you have guys getting injured, and you've got the weird thing with Armando Baycott and the floor seeming to give out underneath his ankle. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it has to. It feels like a squandered opportunity. It, 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 I'm not buying the whole like I'm actually okay with this. This this one doesn't hurt because I've seen that from few, a few people. And I feel like when reality sets in, the longer that we get away from Monday night, I think you're going to have more North Carolina fans looking at this and saying, "Man, that should have been title number seven. I would agree with you if their fan base actually had heart. Oh, <laughs> so I mean, the problem is you're going after Reagan and UNC <laughs> Chapel Hill right out of the gate. I'm just saying, like, nor- yes, if like U of L UK, if this was U of L UK, yes, I agree. This was you 100. But North Carolina fans will probably be like two weeks being like, "Oh, did we lose that game? Oh yeah, let's go to our summer house in the Hamptons now and uh, have some cheese and wine." They're not going to care. They're, they're going to move on in their in their you know double collared wearing collars up t shirt lives. You know, they'll be, they'll move on and be fine. They'll forget about it, which is why I think, you know, they won't erase their tweets that were mean to Hubert Davis. Because, oh, some of them have. Yeah, well. I respect the hell out of the ones who haven't. Well, the ones who haven't, like I think I told you on Twitter, it's just because they know that they're just willing to, don't want to rewrite them like the Kevin Ollie fans did. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, UConn fans are like, oh, I got to rewrite this tweet about Kevin Ollie because what I said was originally true. No, you guys have fluke title. The game itself last <laughs> night. So Kansas wins 72-69. And Kiki. certainly a game of two halves. Where does this stack up? Like, like Overall for you, good title game, great title game, meh title game. Where, do, where does this stand in Trevor Kelsey's good. eyes? I thought it was very good. I, I, would, put, it, I, wouldn't I put it shy of great. I don't know if I'd say great because... It's one that it's it's a good one that I'm going to remember, but it's not going to be like I, it just it doesn't have that memorable moment. I mean, even in a close game, there really wasn't. I mean, it came down to you know Love missing you know his last three three pointers all airballing them and the last the I last mean, shot I feel like is is kind of the, ends up being the memorable moment. Like that's what you take away from it. Yeah, because, and there wasn't anything. I mean, I guess you could remember the. Um, Baycott ankle? Well, not the Baycott ankle because, I mean, I want to see x-rays of that. The boy crowd wolf doesn't make me believe he's even hurt. The uh, Yeah, that one, I think. Uh, well, I, I want to see x-rays. <laughs> I want to say, and I don't want the, hello, everybody, doctor from the city. I want to be in the room. I want to be, yeah, I want to see proof of this because I, I, I've seen this guy. Listen, I've fallen for the, I've fallen for the Baycott, you know, uh, oh, my eye. I've been, I've been knocked over BS one too many times. Uh, I think. I mean, the stepping out of bounds thing, had that happened and they hit the shot to go over overtime? Oh, yeah, then it's a big deal. Then, then memorable. And, and even, you know, honestly, even down the line, I'm probably going to remember that. 
But that might be in the end when it's all said and done. That and the, and the choking of the lead will be the two things that this game will probably be remembered for. I think it's the comeback is what everybody remembers. Yeah, the comeback. And, and I think the fact they, they like I said, I think I texted you last night It's because it's always been memorable to me. And weirdly enough, the game that I mentioned to you on, on text was exactly 30 years ago yesterday, April 4, 1992, when Duke and mm. IU in the Final Four game and then IU, IU down by three. You know, trying to get the ball back with like six seconds left, and Hurley goes to get the inbounds, and his foot's on the out of bounds line uh, as he catches it. IU Cheney missed the three, and I think it was I think it was Cheney missed the three, but and they end up losing the game anyway, eighty one seventy eight. But I mean, that's kind of what I thought of when I saw that play last night was was that just that memorable moment thirty years ago. All right, let me ask you a couple of recent title games, and I'm gonna ask you if this if last night was better or worse than those games. Okay. All right, twenty nineteen Virginia Texas Tech. Yes. You think it's better? That game went to overtime. I know. And again, you know what that game? You know, honestly, I'd forgotten went to overtime. You know what that game is? Member for the weird calls. The 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 the, 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 the invention of the off the tip replay. Yeah, yeah. That's just what that game was. Be remember me. That, that's the one thing that sticks out in that game for me. Um, I had forgotten he went to overtime. To be honest with you, twenty seventeen Gonzaga UNC. Yeah, because that game had no memorable refs whatsoever. It's memorable for the refs. Yeah, they ruined it. They ruined that game. They ruined. It should have been a great game. The only thing memorable about that game is I had a friend over and she was nagging about coming to bed. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> and I was like, I'm trying to watch the damn game. <laughs> I think we can all agree, 2016 UNC Villanova was better. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that might be. That's in your top ten. 2015 Duke Wisconsin. Yeah. That, that game that game is it, it was a great game for like 38 minutes and I feel like the refs ruined that one too the problem is is you're gonna bring up 2015 and people are gonna go oh Wisconsin Kentucky title game yeah I think that's always gonna be kind of overshadowing the Wisconsin losing to Duke I, Wisconsin losing yeah. to Duke is what would have it's like if USA had lost to Sweden in 1980 in the Olympics it's, that's a better comparison that's that's kind of like it was like no because no one remembers they beat, it was Sweden right I mean yeah like everybody remembers the Russia but that was the semifinal. Right. It was the, or whatever round. Or, if, you know, everybody remembers the 04 Red Sox getting over the hump. No one remembers them being the Cardinals. Was it the Cardinals? Yeah. Swept them. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I was supposed to say Tigers or something. I couldn't yeah. remember. Yeah. Everyone just remembers the Yankees coming back from down 3 0. Yeah. So that that's kind of why the 15 will be. Yeah. That's. What do you feel our game in 2013, better or worse than last night's game? I feel like we had a great championship game. I think we did too, but I don't know if it'll be. It's more. all remember for the first half stuff, though. Yeah, the 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 Montrez dunk and the and the trading of threes. Well, that it's Spike Albrecht versus Luke Hancock. Yeah, more than that, the four threes by Luke, the Spike Albrecht averaging point six points or whatever it was, and coming in and setting the world on fire. I mean, like, that's what people remember. And then the the Trey Burke block. The the well the block was <laughs> the second half will remember by Michigan fans for the their their whining of no calls, and for me the second half is remembered as. Bahannon just, just being a beast on the offensive glass. Where do you stand overall? Because the other topic that's come up, and I wrote about this today on SBNation.com, if you're a Kansas fan, my advice to you is pay no attention to the the NCAA stuff on the periphery. Like If we were in your position, I would say soak up this title, every ounce of it, until you're completely full. Because the title's not going anywhere. And I did see that joke getting tossed around like, well, they – Great, now we have a vacated title and all this stuff. Like they didn't play any players that 
are involved in the FBI stuff. <laughs> no because, again, the FBI stuff was in 2017. So, <laughs> like, everybody who was involved in all that has moved on or is about to move on. In that stuff. FBI stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, it's worth talking about because what happens next to that program, I think, will be significant. Like, Bill Self is go- Bill Self is going to get hit with something. There's going to be a suspension coming. Could be a multi-game suspension. Some people are saying it could be a year-long suspension. It could be a two-year show cause. It will be something. Like it's more likely than not that the next time Kansas steps foot on a basketball court, Bill Self's not on the sidelines. I feel confident in saying that. But the title's not going anywhere. So if you're a Kansas fan, like I, I say to hell with what's coming next. Like I'm living in the moment. But for the program overall, they're going to have to vacate. I would assume that 2018. Final Four appearance, 2019 Final Four appearance, whichever year that was, 2018. They're going to have to, I think, forfeit all the games they won in those two seasons, 2018 and 2019, because they played Silvio D'Souza. But I saw a lot of Louisville fans last night kind of angry at the fact that Kansas was winning it all when they have five level one violations against them. We have one. I think in a weird way, it's a good thing for Louisville because – Kansas is going to be one of the faces of this whole thing whenever the, the, the smoke finally clears and the punishments are out there and we're reacting to the FBI uh, probe into college basketball, the corruption scandal, whatever you want to call it. And this title will at least be somewhat tied to their transgressions. And I, I think it, it aids in... Well, so is the 16 Carolina to theirs, correct? Yeah, but nobody cares about that because they ended up getting nothing. Like, like There's this weird thing where... Even if everybody knows it happened, if you didn't actually get punished for it, you can't joke about it. And people just, just it's not stigmatized in the same way. It's like, I mean, we people make jokes about. Tell OJ that. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. But like people, like he's a, he's a punchline on late night shows. Like people joke about it. People want to take pictures with OJ. And everybody thinks that he murdered two people and got away with it. But because he's not actually in jail. It's well, somehow treated differently. Not for that, at least. Well, he's well, he, he's out now. Period. Yeah, so, it's true. Yeah, like that's we have this weird thing where if you're not actually dealing with the repercussions of what took place, people act like it didn't happen. And I think that that's going to be the case with North Carolina forever. But I think with Kansas, if they do wind up getting a postseason ban next year, or if Bill Self does wind up getting suspended for the entire season, or even a little bit of the next season, people will look at this 2022 title and they'll be like, "Well, it's kind of a shady program." And I think that. It at least helps avoid this perception that Louisville is the poster child of everything that's wrong with college athletics. <laughs> Louisville and Louisville alone, and we can finally get another title that's at least somewhat tainted by all this stuff. So I was okay with it. And also, you know, bleep the NCAA. Like, I, I'm not going to side with, with the NCAA in any case. Like, like, cool. I wish Bill Self had worn all the Adidas shirts and gold chains last night to accept the trophy. <laughs> Just fly middle fingers in the face. I don't think that this... I know this Kansas Nasty team. dog out there with them. <laughs> hell yeah. Like go on tour with Snoop. Do a, uh, a summer tour with Snoop on the West Coast. Make it fun. I don't care. I think this Kansas team, not nearly as good as the one two years ago that didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament. And that sounds weird because they're a one seed that, you know, had an impressive run to six straight victories. I still think if they'd run into Duke last night, if they'd run into Gonzaga or Baylor or one of the other teams, I think they would have been maybe up against it. Like, I just, they were the most consistent team in the field. You had, every other team had, like, Duke was wildly inconsistent. They could, they could never 
seized the moment when they were on the biggest stage. That was their, their deal all year long. Gonzaga's guards weren't consistent enough. Baylor just they did as they well as you can do yeah, they were they were banked uh, that, that's probably the, the way to go with them because i was going to say they lost four of their, their five scores and it was more of a culture deal that they were back as being a one seed and they didn't have the same talent that they had last year which i think is true but also they had two of their best players hurt during the ncaa tournament uh nova loses its second best player and best defender before it plays kansas in the, in the final four kansas also the draw like you know, you got Creighton, which was banged up. You had Providence, which the metrics hated all season long. You got to play Miami, which was a 10 seed in the Elite Eight, and then a Nova team that had just lost its second best player. And then you get an eight seed in the national title game. I'm not trying to poo poo on Kansas' run. They deserve to be the national champion. They were the most consistent team all season long. I'm just saying, when we're looking at the best teams of the last 15 years to win it all, I don't think this Kansas team is one of the five best. I don't think that they're. Like, I think the 2020 team beats them handily. But all you can do is play who's in front of you. All you can do is do what you do. And Kansas, to their credit, got the job done last night. I, I thought it was a, a terrific uh, – terrific's probably stretching it. I thought it was a very good title game. It kept me entertained. I'm glad they made the run. I'm glad it wasn't just a blowout. I'm glad that North Carolina didn't run away with it or that Kansas didn't run away with it. Because for a little bit there, like in the second half, you're kind of thinking – We've got another Kansas-Miami on our hands. Like, not only is Kansas going to erase this deficit and win, they're going to wind up winning by, like, 15. Like, it looked like they were going to run away with it. And I'll give North Carolina a ton of credit. When they got down six, it looked like they were dead to rights. And I thought, they're going to fold. It's over. Kansas rolls. They win by nine or ten. And there's no drama in the final minutes. And instead, R.J. Davis stepped up and made some huge plays. Armando Baycott got some big rebounds when he was healthy. And they made it interesting. And it was, I think, overall. You do birdie. He was, was big in clutch moments. Despite, I mean, he had to have been concussed, right? <laughs> Brady Manic. I mean, David McCormick <laughs> drilled him flush with an elbow. And McCormick is a monster human being. And then he got hit again like five minutes later. I was like, this dude's like Boppo. He's just, he's getting hit. He's coming back up. He's not messing around. But he's going to wake up tomorrow and like, you had a hell of a game. He's like, the game was us. I don't think he knew where he was. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was surprised. I couldn't believe that they didn't like make him do some sort of concussion protocol because he gets up and he's like, the look on his face is very much, I'm here, but the lights aren't on at all. And he was out there and he missed the next shot he took by like seven feet. Yeah, I'm not sure I bet he called uh, in one of the huddles, he called him Coach Kruger. He probably did. <laughs> He's like, Trey, start passing the ball, dude. You get four other guys out here with My you. My name's Caleb. What are we doing? But I thought he was really good, especially down the stretch. And the only other thing that I'll remember this Final Four, this, this, this title game for and this Final Four for, the worst selection of a most outstanding player that I can remember. Oshai Baji, fantastic player. He's clearly their best player overall. Yeah, well. Had no – look at any stats. He had no business winning MOP. McCormick had 25 and 9 in the semifinal, and then what, 15 and 12 last night, including the game's two biggest ba- baskets. He outscored Egbaji in both games. He outrebounded Egbaji in both games. Like, Egbaji shouldn't have even been the, the, the runner up for most outstanding player. Christian Brown should have been the runner up. I just, that, that was weird. But it's also weird that they vote. You have to get your votes in with 10 minutes still to go in the game. Stupid. <laughs> No love for the traditional big men anymore today. That's what it is. That's what it's a bias against traditional big men. I loved it when they went to McCormick on the low block because that. I mean, you, you know me. I'm I'm old. I, I'm old, old school. school. 
I mean, I, oh, maybe that's why I like watching the Big Ten because they haven't progressed as well beyond the, you know the early '90s, late '80s of style of play. And I like that. I like getting into the old, get to the big guy on the block. Let him use that butt to move the other dude out of the way. Get a little baby hook in the lane. A little nice, some nice footwork. That's that's what I like, and that's what I you know when they went to that with, with you know up one and to put the game away. I appreciated it. I was like, that that's my man. We talked about it yesterday. If Baycott somehow was in foul trouble or couldn't go because of that ankle or was limited, like David McCormick was going to feast down low. And when Baycott went out the second time with the ankle injury, Kansas did the right thing. They went right to him because and God love Brady Manick. He's trying, but there's no other traditional post player on that UNC team that gets minutes. And Manick was hanging over his left shoulder because he knows McCormick's going to go to the right hook. But guess what? When you've got three inches on a guy and you got like 35 pounds on a guy, he can drape himself over your left shoulder all he wants. You can still go to that thing and get that hook off. And that's what McCormick did on the game's two biggest possessions. And you couldn't stop it. Like I felt bad for Manic because he was doing all he could. But when you don't have Armando Baycott in the game, they've got no answer for him inside. And Bill Self went right to him. I, I, th- I thought, I'll say this for Bill Self, because there have been some people who like to crap on his in-game coaching ability. And he gets a little bit of that Calipari treatment where it's all this talent, all these great recruiting classes. What have you really done with it? Every time they were coming out of a timeout, I thought their offensive sets were, were were fantastic. Like he ran terrific stuff to get Remy Martin looks from the outside when Remy was was hitting. He ran really good stuff to get O'Shea his momentum going downhill so he could get him going to the basket. And then whenever Baycott was limited or out of the game entirely, he ran really great stuff to get the ball in McCormick's hands. Like he was he was terrific last night. He and it feels unfair to say because it's a guy who's been at Kansas for 19 years and has had top shelf success almost that entire time versus a first year head coach, but he made Hubert Davis look like a first year head coach. I mean, Hubert, I don't know what he was doing at the beginning of the second half. It was such an eerily similar down the stretch deal as the Baylor game, the last 10 minutes of the Baylor game where UNC is totally out of control. They're completely out of swords. They have zero poise and Davis isn't stepping in and doing anything. Like it was like North Carolina didn't learn its lesson at all from that game because they come they come out, Kansas starts off playing well, and you know they're gonna make a run. They're too good not to. And they had missed too many layups in the first half for that type of performance to carry over into the second 20 minutes. So they make a little bit of a run. And UNC just they're trying to counter immediately. They're coming down, they're going one-on-one, they're not running anything, they're not getting anything out of their secondary break, and Love is taking terrible shots, Davis is taking terrible shots, Leaky Black, for some reason, is taking terrible shots, and they're turning the ball over, they're just playing completely loose, and Davis isn't stopping it. Like At some point, you've got to step in and say, we're acting like we were up by 30 at halftime, we're not. We're letting them right back in this game. And sure enough, you snap the finger. You've played three minutes. They've cut a 15-point lead down to seven. And then five minutes later, they're leading. Like, it was – he let that happen. And by the time North Carolina was ready to counterpunch, it was almost too late. Self proved why he's a Hall of Famer. And Hubert, as good as he's been all month long, proved why – He's got some work to do if he wants to win a national title. But he's so fun on the sideline to watch. He was fun. His, inter- his in-game interview was terrific, too. Well, I like Hubert his in-game, his in-game interviews have always – he's had that spunk. He's kind of got that that muscleman kind of, you know, excitement to him, which everyone loves to see because everybody's tired of the – Yeah. I guess the old – Show me some character. Yeah, everybody's tired of, the, you know, the Coach K. You know, but you know what? The – 
the the Eeyores no one likes in interviews. Those guys are the ones with all the rings. Sometimes. The, well, who's the excited one with the ring? I mean, self gives self gets pretty animated. Yeah. Games. He should have been animated when they called him the Kansas City Jayhawks. That was great. I mean, I, I, I was going to get to that a little I bit mean, later. Seriously, but the Davis thing, like I also felt, it also felt a little bit like Hubert was celebrating prematurely because he was doing the thing when they were up by fifteen coming out of the break when they did his post halftime interview where he was like, "Oh, a lot of people were saying we wouldn't be up for this game. There'd be a little bit of a hangover for Duke." Hmm. Hmm. And I was like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> I was like, "Pull it back." I was like, "This this sounds like a post game press conference type quote. You can tackle that when you've actually won this thing." That felt a little bit premature. Yeah. Speaking of premature, the Kansas fans at Fog Allen who rushed the floor with like 22 seconds left, <laughs> I almost wanted Kansas to lose just for those kids. I was like, what? I get that everybody wants to be first, but you're celebrating when you came down with a rebound up three with 22 seconds to go. What are you doing? You're asking for this. Confident in their free throw shooting. Ridiculous. Well, should have been less confident in their ability to Even though to they never even bounds. actually shot a free throw after that moment. God. Let's take a break. We'll go to the text line coming up after the break. 502-414-1450. We also have news, once again, to talk about on the Louisville men's basketball front as far as the roster is concerned. A new player has entered the transfer portal. We'll talk about that and the effect that it might have on next year's team. And we're targeting a new grad transfer. A new name is out there. We'll tackle all of this stuff after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Tuesday on 1450 The Big X. To see. It's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed board Slowing down to take a look at me Come on, baby Don't say Welcome back. Hour number one of the Mike Rutherford Show. Rolling on here as my voice continues to slowly give out. I honestly didn't know it was that bad until I, I guess because I haven't been talking that much today. Like trying to save any your, sort of inflection. To save your voice. Yeah. Well, not really. I just haven't been talking that much. But, and when I have been talking, it's been conversational. It hasn't been like, hey, welcome into the Mike Rutherford Show. And then when I did it, I was like, oh my God, this is more of a problem than I thought it was going to be. But here we are. See, that's why you sounded better, I think, off the air to me. Because you, you weren't using your radio voice. I mean, I, don't, I really don't have a radio voice, except when we come in and I'm like, hey, all right. <laughs> that's really it. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Besides that, it's pretty much just how I talk normally. Um, we, we, speaking of, um, <clears throat> God, I, I, I am so sorry. I'm just, I feel like I have to apologize every time I talk. This, you should. I, yeah. <laughs> you should. You should feel shame. Uh, we were supposed to have you hang your head low. Go, go home and just sit in the corner. Think about what you've done today, Michael. You know what happened? <laughs> I gave it all to that Bats intro video. You did. I poured my was, my whole voice into that Bats intro video, and you can hear that. Well, probably not on these airways, but you can hear the the play by play of the Bats coming up right after us tonight. We have to talk about this now. We're the, officially, the new home of the Little Bats. You're damn right. If you missed it today. The Louisville Bats released their uh, pregame video for this season. Oh, they did release the video? 
and your boy's narrating it. Ooh. Which is, I didn't tell them how the Louisville basketball video went this year. <laughs> if you can, I don't know if it's possible to get over under bets on season long win totals in AAA baseball. If you can, I don't know, maybe toss some coinage on the under for the bats because we know what happened to the men's basketball team. But here's how I'm choosing to view it. So men's basketball was a disaster with me voicing the intro video. But men's basketball had kind of been good, more or less, for all the years of my life leading up to that. Amazingly, though, Bob. Hold on, hold on, hold on. on, That video, you weren't. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) The bats, however, have had a little bit of a rough go, right? Ten consecutive losing seasons. Has it been really? Ten consecutive losing seasons. Holy bleep. They have not won any sort of championship since... 2001 and that was when the playoffs were canceled because of 9-11 so they they won the title because they were in first when the season ended well no they won the the first game of the series oh was that was that what it was the first i knew they had the best record the first the series started on september 10th and the next day was supposed to be game two and was canceled because of 9-11 and so since the bats were up one nothing in the series they were like, oh, well, the bats win. Man. See, I thought it was I thought the playoffs were just canceled and they had the best. I knew they had the best record. Yeah, they know they were one. Regardless, nothing. champions. Yeah, champions. This is the year it gets turned around. This is the intro video that does it. That's right, baby. We're gonna win the international league. We're gonna start racking up the talent for the Reds. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and this intro video is gonna be what guides us the way. It starts tonight, bats season opener, six thirty five. Like Trevor said, you can hear it right here on our airways. I feel good about it. And we recorded it right here at Big X Studios, we did. which is now becoming quickly the home of Louisville voiceover work. It worked for the volleyball team. That hype video was terrific. We that, did that here. That it did. Basketball team, you know, less great results. Although I will say, I blame that more on Chris Mack and Malik Williams. They were in the video too. They I were do. talking in the video too. My part, I feel like, was great. Yeah. I was the, I was the 13 wins. They were the 19 losses. If they had used you and me only in that video, tournament champions. 40-0. Forty and zero. I mean, it's just math. So baseball, I feel good about this. I appreciate the bats reaching out in all sincere, in all seriousness. It was fun to do. It's cool to hear your voice on. You know, I've been going to bats games at uh, my entire life, pretty much. And also, I do own the highest batting average in the history of Louisville Slugger Field. <laughs> Is that a fact? One for one with two walks. Never going to be topped. House that Rutherford built. It's a hundred percent on base percentage, right? Yeah, I only had three abs. We yeah. blew out. It was my senior year. We blew out San X. Run ruled him. Wow. Run ruled him. 13 nothing. Take that, TJ Walker. They did beat us in the semifinals of the region. I and don't a huge know upset about that. A month later, but we'll always have that game that at Slugger Field. That didn't matter. No one remembers that. 2-0 and in games against San X at Slugger Field in my high school career. That's what we remember. And 1,000 batting average and a 1,000 on-base percentage. Everyone knows games in Slugger Field between the two matter more than even postseason play. Damn right. Just, <laughs> just like, hey, I don't know if you've heard this. Kentucky beat both teams in last night's game by a wide margin. Did nah, you hear this anywhere? I have heard this rumor. I threw that joke out there on Twitter ahead of time. If I had known what the fallout was going to be, I never would have hit tweet. I never would have hit it. And I, <laughs> I, I knew it's a lie. I knew there was going to be. You some, knew there was going to be fallout. I knew it was going to be fallout. I didn't realize how many people would take it seriously on both sides. <laughs> hey. I Are you was, new to Twitter? Exactly. Did you just wake up? Were you born yesterday, Mr. Rutherford? I know, but still, like, you'd think that after a certain point of laying the sarcasm on, like, this thick for, like, 15 years, most people would catch on to it. No. So I just tweeted out, like, 
you know, some people are some people are saying North Carolina is going to win. Some people are saying they think Kansas is going to win. But let's all agree that the most important thing here is that Kentucky beat both teams by a healthy margin. Making light of the fact that that you know everybody who has a UK like BBN bio on Twitter has been putting out something like we beat both these teams by forty seven points, and we also beat South Carolina, the women's champion. And I'm like, we get it. To at a certain point, we get it. And the amount of people both on the Louisville side and the Kentucky side who were reacting to this. Like, some got that I was being an ass and were like, you're a douche. I hate you so much. I hope you die. And then... Sorry, other, about, sorry about that, by the way. Other... <laughs> is that you? Is that your burners? Yeah. Did you call me the guy, guy called, you the guy who called me a five-head last night? Yeah. Um, I was a little angry. Wordle had me a little peeved. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to take it out on you. Sorry. Uh, but, like, other people... Again, like Louisville fans who are like, why are you telling me this? Like, who cares? They won as many games. As, I'm like, oh, my God. And then UK fans who are like, look, as much as I'd love to be excited about this, the fact of the matter is we didn't get the job done in the tournament, and that's what really matters, Mike. And I was like, you're damn right, Daryl. Y- you get it. <laughs> that's right, Daryl, running for number nine. <laughs> Let's have a serious conversation about basketball here. You guys are going to bounce back. You're going to be fine. But like it just it it kept going. I think most people got it as they typically do. But the amount of people who didn't just it was kind of blows my blows my mind. But like you said, I, I don't know why I'm surprised. But I put that out there, and also you a lot of UK fans threw back in my face like <laughs> the one guy I had to do it because like you know I, I ignore most of the stuff. But this one guy was like, in 2014. All you guys told us leading up to the title game was, we beat this UConn team by 30. We beat this UConn team by 30. You guys wouldn't shut up about it. And I just had to respond and say, 33. <laughs> Get it right, dude. We beat them three times, and one of those was by 33. Get it right. But still, to this day, the largest margin of victory for an eventual, or largest margin of defeat for an eventual national champion in college basketball history. Damn right. Second, had North Carolina would have won last night, would have been UNC to Kentucky this year. UNC, it does blow your mind when you look back. They lost four games by 20 or more points during the regular season. Yeah, and Kentucky weren't the only team to beat North Carolina this year. They, I mean, they got wrecked. Yeah. Also, I mean, they almost lost to us twice, which is basically like losing by 40 to somebody, to like a competent team. So... They lost, a, they lost a couple bad ACC games. At least, like, I mean, Florida State. Pitt beat them by 21 on their home floor. Yeah, that's that's maybe what it was. Yeah, Pitt. And it wasn't, like, that early in the season. It was in February. Yeah, because I remember betting that game. I actually won that bet. I mean, they lost that's to— how I remember it because those were few and far between, it feels like. Tennessee beat them by 17. Kentucky beat them by 29. Um, Miami beat them by 28. Wake Forest beat them by 22. Duke beat them by 20 in the first, the first time yeah. they played. Pittsburgh beat them on their home floor. They weren't a great team, but March is weird. Um, Texter asked, uh, what's your, both of us, favorite national title game not involving Louisville? It's a good question. If if we're just talking like personal preference, not what I think is the best overall. So, Is that that trolly of me? it's, It's a little bit. But, like, I used to, I had this thing in the late 90s, early 2000s, before you could, you know, watch any game you wanted to on a whim. Mm-hmm. I would VHS, I'd record, like, 
all these college basketball games and just rewatch them all the time. I have like a whole like cabinet just loaded with of college basketball games. Some college football games. I had like Cal Ripken's like streak breaking game in yeah, there too. Yeah, I had that. Stuff. I had some. I had the the big bowl games and tournament games, but I didn't do random games. But for some reason, maybe it was because this is when like I was fully falling in love with college basketball. Was around that age, like 11, 12, 13. I rewatched the Arizona Kentucky ninety seven final. Like to the point where like I had it memorized. Yeah. Like I know AJ Bramlett. I know like when he fouls out. I know like, like when Miles Simon finally makes a shot. Like I know the run. Like the whole game. I used to just watch it all the time, and it was a great game. Like it, it is a little bit trolly because UK was supposed to win, and it saved us from Kentucky being the only back to back to back national champion of our lifetime. Thank God. But it was a great game, overtime yeah. game. And Simon and Bibby were fantastic. In fairness, my answer was going to probably be in the 90s for nostalgic reasons anyway. I was going to say UConn-Duke was my other one. No, the one I didn't watch because I still, I still pissed while I State lost the game. Uh, <laughs> if not 97, uh, probably maybe 93 or 94, 94 maybe. I really wanted Arkansas to win that because I just really did not want Duke to win. I was uh, mainly because I still thought Duke got lucky to beat Florida in the mm. semifinal game. It was a horrible charge call at half court. Shot the long Kruger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, but Or even maybe 90 because I just, even though it was a blowout, it was just fun watching that 90, you know, a team just go up and down the court and Bobby Hurley having to leave every five minutes because he had the squirts and had to run to the back <laughs> and come run back. Uh, I mean, so he was trolly for me to say 97, but. It's also of those three. It's, great it's a great game, and I'm again. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the nineties. I'm nostalgic. I'm an old man. I, I want what's in my wheelhouse. I'm gonna go. And, and early two thousands would be your. I mean, that's to me, the early the nineties. Late nineties is, is kind of like your. Early, yeah, exactly. You're, you're behind me, so that I could see why you would go with that. I would just like off the top of my head. If I'm naming like five title games, I'm not gonna rank them right now. But ninety seven would be there. 99 UConn-Duke, I thought, was a great game. And it was so surprising because everybody just assumed Duke was going to win. Trajan Langdon falling down. Yeah, and Ricky Moore going off in the, in the first half yep. was great. I hated Khalid Elamine. It was annoying. But I, uh, I like that UConn team outside of him. I mean, I'm, I'm allowed to call him fat dude because I am. But, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, you know, Ohio State Ohio State team, I was really big on that team. I, I met some of those players. I was Yeah, I was aggravated at that loss. 08 Kansas-Memphis. That was a good one. That was a good one. And then my last two, I feel like I've got to go 2016 Carolina Villanova. Yeah, obviously it's in my top five probably. And then I would go, I mean, I thought Virginia Texas Tech was a fantastic game. I'll throw 2019 in there as well. I guess, I don't know, for some reason, just the 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 creation of the, as I said, the replay off the fingertip thing is just what just sticks with me. Davide Moretti. And I guess it aggravated me because I was on the Texas Tech bandwagon. I had them, I think, in my Final Four that year. And oh, good pick. I, I was just I was all over Jer- I was all over Culver as, as kind of being the you know the star John Wallace put the team on my shoulders lead me kind of you know roll and when they fell short it kind of it makes it aggravated me yeah I mean understandable any other title games that stand out to you oh, man because um, I feel like you know you said really. I mean the Florida games were both very forgettable. Extremely forgettable. I mean, and the Ohio State one wasn't terrible, but it was the only thing about the first Florida one that even rings a bell was my buddy winning his pool that year, and he was able to buy a big screen TV with the winnings. And I've got him; on, he just started doing the Running Man in his, in his living room. Which it's about the, I think the last first and last time he ever ran anywhere. Uh, he's a big dude as well. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, if you're not counting Louisville being in it, then yeah, that's. 
yeah, that's really it. I mean, I can't, I mean, you mentioned, I mean, the 04 UConn was pretty forgettable with Okafer and Ben Gordon. And I mean, the Syracuse was, I'd forgotten until last night. Cause they were putting the Hakeem work block on. It was on, a good game. Yeah. It was I mean, a good game. In the corner. Oh, three. They were putting up the largest margins of half, like largest halftime deficits in title game history. I'd forgotten how much UConn was up on Georgia Tech in that game in, in 03. I mean, 04. They were up 15 at the break, same as last night. And the largest, any guess, largest halftime lead in a championship game history. What was last night? No, guess. What, what oh, was. oh, uh, 90, UNLV? No, good, great guess. I mean, it was actually 09. Carolina led Michigan State by 21, the game that we felt like we should have been playing in, uh, which I don't think we could have beaten that Carolina I'm game. about another forgettable, UNC, another forgettable championship game. It would have been a great game if Michigan State hadn't beaten us and then UConn. Either one of us would have, I think, given Carolina a good game. I still don't know how Michigan State – Like I, I get why they beat us in hindsight, knowing everything that was going on behind the scenes at that point in time. Karen Seifer trying to extort Rick Pitino – um, and then Terrence Williams, like fighting with Rick Pitino before the game, like all that stuff. Now it makes a little bit more sense why we play the way we did. But that UConn team laying an egg in the Final Four makes no sense. Is the 2000s just a bad era of championship games for the most part? Well, 08 was great. And 2010 would have been great if, if Haywood hits the, the half court shot. Right. Like that one, that one just kind of that went from being on what could have been a real memorable 2010 title game with Butler being there in Indianapolis and. It being Butler to just kind of being forgotten about because Duke won the game. Yeah, and, and the game itself wasn't great. It would, would have been a great ending. Yeah, well, yeah, Butler, most part. It's better than the next year. My I God. Mean, yeah. Worst title game of all time. But, yeah, I mean, there's really just, I mean, the Maryland one's kind of forgettable. I mean. I love Texture says mine are 66, 75, 97, and 2014. No particular reasons, just great games. Uh, that's, is that how you spell boobs upside down on a calculator? What was that? No, I, I believe those are all Kentucky national title game losses. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Texter. Yeah. It's just, you said them so quick. I was like, it's, it's like a it's luggage combination. Uh, we don't have time enough to get into the, the, the roster stuff in today's news, but I did want to make it a point to mention. We were supposed to have the first Louisville-Kentucky baseball game tonight. First battle of the Bluegrass game in Lexington at 6.30. It has been postponed because of weather. Yeah, I saw it was raining when I walked outside today. Is this where we do the thing that they did with us in basketball where it's like, you guys are scared? It's COVID. <laughs> well, who canceled this? Who pulled the, I mean, weather did it. I'm, it's their hosting. I'm assuming they made the call. Uh, okay, yeah. So clearly they were scared. I, I'm amazed at the amount of Kentucky fans who genuinely think that we like faked COVID. Like we... The long, the long con. We kept Malik Williams out of that game against Western Kentucky, and the other players who didn't play because they were had been you know, in his general vicinity. Like we did all that, and then we were one. Like there were like eighty-seven programs that were on a COVID pause that weekend. Like that's when COVID was back. Like the, the variant hit everybody, but we were the only ones faking it because we didn't want to play UK. That's. I mean, we've been working on it for months. We haven't lost to them since I think the last time the United States won the World Cup. <laughs> I, was there even a three point line last time they beat us? No, no. <laughs> we had peach baskets. <laughs> the tournament was sixteen teams. The NIT was a bigger deal than the NCAA tournament the last time UK beat us. <laughs> so the offices were actually in Kansas City, which is why Mark Emmert thought he was there last night. God, the Mark Emmert. I was so excited for the awkwardness, and it wasn't near. First of all, Kansas fans, shame on you. Should have booed him way more. Oh yeah, that yeah. should have been ten times worse than it actually was. And then he calls you the Kansas City Jayhawks. <laughs> 
I mean, this man. In fairness, Kansas City is only like two hours from Lawrence. I that's mean, th- there's nothing in fairness about that. He's not even in the right state, but and, yeah. <laughs> and then he like has to like, com- he, like he's like the University of, of Kansas Jayhawks, which is actually correct. You know, they refer to themselves as KU, one of the stupidest things in college. Oh, sports. they're not Kansas University. No, they're the University of Kansas, but they call themselves KU. Oh, okay. Whatever. Um, but Emmert never even really cared to think about it. Yeah, no, you, and, and nor will you ever again. <laughs> yeah, That's well, the first and last time you'll ever hear that. Probably. But anybody else in that position, if it was anybody even remotely competent, if Adam Silver's there, if whoever, Bud Selig back in the day, and they say something as blatantly wrong as the Kansas City Jayhawks, I'd be like, you know what? That's a little bit of a dig. He's mad that this program has been running rampant and doing all these terrible things and knows they're in the NCAA crosshairs and all this stuff, and he's trying to get a little bit of a jab in. With Mark Emmert, I was like, no, the guy's just dumb. He's just stupid. He's just not a smart human being. He's not good at his job. He has no business being on the floor, and he said a dumb thing because he's dumb. I, like It's just incompetence. There's no part of me that's like, oh, that's Emmert getting in a sly dig there. No, he's just a moron. If you're Mark Emmert, which one do you which one do you hope? I mean, do, you, do you do you agree to the first or the second one? Which one's worse? I don't care which one's worse. He's too dumb to figure out. He, he wouldn't care. He couldn't give you an answer because he's not smart enough. We're gonna go to break. When we come back, we will talk about the new roster news on the U of L front. Cards uh, lose a player to the transfer portal today. Who has said he's keeping open the possibility of potentially coming back? I feel well, like that's been lost in all this. And I've also, a, I've got an old man take on something from last okay. night. Okay, well, we'll get, we'll get Trevor's old man take. We'll talk about the guy who's entered the transfer portal, and also a new graduate transfer who has heard from Louisville. I shouldn't say graduate transfer, even though this one is a new transfer who has heard from Louisville. We'll talk about all that coming up in hour number two. It's the Mike Rutherford Show rolling on here on a Tuesday on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. Yeah, there's a reason, too. I hate the Eagles, man. Me and the dude agree on a lot of stuff in life. I'm just I'm just quoting the dude. I know, but there's two things. We I don't need, mind the Eagles. Two things me and the dude will not agree on. One, white Russians are nasty, and the Eagles are awesome in more ways than one. We didn't talk about it yesterday because it did happen while we were on the air, but we, we shied away from it. The Eagles made a huge trade yesterday and draft day moving. Oh, yeah. We were up and down the draft. Great trade by Howie Roseman. Good job, buddy. Good job, Howie. And uh, also, the Eagles going to be coming a little bit here soon. But that's not why it's Eagles Day. Well, because I, I was going to get tickets tonight. I'm going to go to the concert. Oh, I thought there was a different reason. No, that, that was those two. Oh, uh, that was. <laughs> I, I didn't realize you. Were, I thought these were offshoots of why we were actually playing. No. I was like, I was like, I don't think any of the members of the band are from Kansas. So. No, no, no. Uh, but you would know better than I would. I, <laughs> I possibly might. 
no, I'm gonna get, I'm, I think I'm, I'm gonna go. I've, I've passed on seeing the Eagles twice once in Louisville, uh, both times unfortunately because I just really couldn't afford the tickets. They're a little steep, and I'm sure they're gonna be steep for this show, which I haven't looked them up yet. But I'm still gonna go because, I mean, every time, if every time I pass, another member of the band passes, <laughs> and mm. and right now they're probably gonna be as steep as they were last time they were here. And yet, unfortunately, they're missing like three members of the original band since last time they were here now. R.I.P. Glenn Fry and company. But I, st- I, I got to put them on the bucket list, right? I mean, I'm an Eagles fan, both fe- football and musically. I got I got to say I've seen them once. Sure. I yeah. got to. Yeah. I mean, why I, not? You want to go? I'll go with you. You want to go to Eagles? Want to see the Eagles? I hate the fact your, your voice is out because now you're not going to sing anything today. I can't sing. Like just, I'll try. It's the best. Some, I don't know. If it's depending on your perspective. Well, but you like it. I enjoy it when you sing. It makes it makes me laugh. I mean, I'll try. We'll see. Make the next song a banger, and we'll find out what happens. <laughs> Make Pastello Desperado and put you in that in that mode. Desperado. Maybe we can have a song. Which you woman? No. I was watching. I was watching a Seinfeld the other night. It was like before last. You're just not going to stop, are you? No. No. Okay. Get over it. Uh, hey, you're, you're, you save your voice on that right, last night, friends. Minutes. And it was the the infamous uh, uh, alarm episode with the runner. Remember where? She oh had? yeah, of course. And I was watching this, and I, I texted a buddy of mine. I was like, "Can you imagine if you're like under the age of thirty, and you watch this episode? How irrelevant you would realize it is." It's pretty much every episode of Seinfeld. There's a lot of them. It is like cell phones solve ninety five percent of the problems in that series. Yeah, well, <laughs> would solve a lot of stuff in a lot of series. And I'm just thinking, people watch kids. And if you're in like 30, 30, even thirty, maybe thirty two, thirty three, and you're like. I don't get I don't get the humor. What's the alarm clock joke? Man, what did you wake up to when you were growing up? Did you go with a bedside alarm or that didn't matter. I turned it off anyway. <laughs> I, mean, I had the radio alarm. I always woke up to I it. went with the eh, 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 See, I didn't eh. like it. I, I didn't like it. I wanted to be woken up with uh at least some music or somebody talking. I didn't like the beeping or anything like that. I can't do music because I would go to sleep with like a, usually listening to music. Oh. So yeah. music's not gonna wake me up, it's gonna put me back to sleep. Yeah. What are you gonna do? But it didn't matter anyway because I didn't get up to the eh, eh, anyway. I just woke up, turned it off, went back to bed. That sounds about right. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, men's basketball news of the day. We have a new name. The, the roster continues to take shape. And once again, I don't think anybody's surprised by any of the news that has come out. Now, this one maybe would have been a surprise had it been three weeks ago. But when we heard that Deontay Davis was had, had decommitted and was reopening his recruitment, I think most people looked at that and said, well – probably means Dre Davis is going to to enter the transfer portal. And today we found out officially Dre Davis has put his name into the transfer portal. He will, however, according to uh, Jake Weingarten of Stock Risers, he is exploring his options while considering a return to Louisville under Kenny Payne. So we're one of the options. We are one of the options. Basically, yeah. And I haven't seen that really said anywhere else. I think most Louisville fans are just like, well, best of luck to Dre. We'll see out there. But it sounds like he at least is considering coming back. I, I don't know if that's like, because when his brother announced that he was reopening his recruitment, he also said like, I'm considering, he made it a point in his announcement to say, I'm still considering Louisville. And maybe this is Dre saying like, if we both decide to come back, we'll come back, but let's see what's out there. There have been rumors now for, I mean, probably a month and a half that they were being targeted by multiple schools in Indiana, probably most notably Purdue with some NIL deals. We'll see if that winds up coming to fruition. Oh, uh, we couldn't give him a nil deal? I, I, 
I guess all of our Neil deals are going to other guys. We know Sidney Curry got the, the uh, Cross Chrysler Jeep bag. Um, we'll see what L. Ellis gets. But it sounds like the Davis brothers were being targeted by schools that were closer to where they grew up in Indianapolis. Okay. If they go there, just keep an eye on that. I'm going to miss Dre, assuming that he doesn't end up coming back. Not necessarily because I think he would have been like a, a superstar under Kenny Payne. He could have developed into this you know, 18 and 10 machine at the power forward or small forward spot moving forward. I just love the way he played the last two years. My biggest complaint with the last two teams that have missed the NCAA tournament outside of just not winning enough and missing the NCAA tournament has been (laughs) just how the intensity level has ebbed and flowed too much with too many of the guys, too many games where guys just didn't play hard for stretches or didn't play hard for entire games. And Davis has been, I'd say the only guy, on both of those teams that I never questioned his effort level, never questioned his heart. Um, Jared West was the same way this past year, but obviously he wasn't on the team two years ago. But Dre, you always knew he wasn't always going to play well. He did some things that drove me crazy. He dribbled in traffic way too much. The threes early in the shot clock when he was shooting 18% from three, also not a big fan of. But you always knew how much he cared. And you always knew he was going to, to give everything he had. And that's, at the end of the day, that's really all we want from our guys. And I'm going to miss him. I hope he has success wherever yeah, he goes. I agree. I mean, everything you said, yes. And but you knew there was hustle, and you knew there was heart, and he was going to put it on the. He was going. He was going to die. He was going to dive on the floor for a ball. He was going to do the little things you want to see in a player. He's going to care as much that, as we want our guys to care. Exactly. I mean, he he was he was going to do everything he could to make up for the lack of actual basketball skills that he may have been having, and. You got yeah, a fan favorite nonetheless, and I, I can see him going to Purdue. I think it'd be a good fit. I can too. He would, especially now they're losing a, a ton of guys from this year's team. I can see him stepping in and, and being a good player up there, and he does kind of fit the Matt Painter culture a little. Yeah, bit. I mean, other than being seven feet, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, or seven four, they're always gonna have those guys. <laughs> yeah, but he's more of a. I mean, he does kind of he strikes you as a Big Ten guy, doesn't he? Like yeah. just that he's an old school six six forward. Doesn't shoot the ball great from the outside. Is is more comfortable posting up and taking that little fadeaway jumper from eight to twelve feet. Like loves, I think, banging in the post. Like loves the who doesn't? Yeah, <laughs> loves to put that. I knew right when I said that. I was like, Trevor's not gonna let that go. Uh, is fine with contact down low. All that good stuff. Who isn't? We'll throw that out there. I mean, every euphemism you can throw out there. Every on double entendre. He's he likes it all. He's he's all about the double entendre. But I'm gonna miss. Aren't him. we all, Trey? We are. We are. Um, the other piece of news coming out of the well, real quick. Let's let's recap because I think that the the roster moves from the guys from last year's team have been about what we expected so far. Three guys we know are coming back: yeah. L. Ellis, Sidney Curry, and Mike James. I think, what is it, six guys now we know aren't coming back outside of the, the graduated seniors, which were Malik Williams, Noah, uh, not Noah Locke, Jared, Jared West and Mason Faulkner. Yeah. No eligibility left. They're gone. Noah Locke, transfer portal. Yeah. Sam Williamson, transfer portal. Dre Davis, transfer portal. Gabe Wisnitzer, transfer portal. Is Cross. There Matt Cross, transfer portal. Yeah. So now we're just waiting on Jalen Withers, Roosevelt Wheeler, and trainer JJ trainer we assume trainer's going to stay I'm surprised honestly that we haven't had an announcement from him I know there's that relationship with Kenny Payne maybe he still feels like he would be better suited going somewhere else I feel like they're going in order like can we not get like two people to say announce something on the same day 
I like it because, hey, we need stuff to talk about now. We're, we're after we're post-college basketball. We're post-football. Spring practice is over. We we need all the news we can talk about on the radio like, show. I, I feel like they like, all met in the locker room. Like, does everybody have their decisions? Like, yeah, yeah. All right, people. Let's, let's draw, one by one. Draw numbers. Who's, all right. Who's coming for Who gets announced first? And he's like, I got number one. All right, who's, who's got two? I guess Gabe was number one because he went first, technically. Or nobody even told you. They even invited Gabe to the meeting, so he just went on announced it early. Hey, I'm good with it. And now, the, a full hour. <laughs> your favorite Dre Davis moments. So, Send them in right now. And like once you, and, once, and you have to wait like 48 hours post the, uh, the, the announcement of the person before you. So we'll get an announcement, I guess, sometime tomorrow or Thursday about uh, who's next, which is, as you mentioned, Trainer Wheeler or Withers. Yeah, I'm good with it. Follow me. Now, there are reports out there that Louisville, I'm very curious to how we're going to handle the transfer portal because there are a ton of big names out there. And they're, like every college basketball writer in the world is doing the thing where, you know, Terrence Shannon has heard from and they list like 75 schools and they're all the biggest names in college basketball. And we're not on like any of these lists. We're not, I'm surprised that we haven't at least sent like a feeler text out to you know guys like Andre Curbelo or Terrence Shannon or whoever's in the in the portal just saying like hey I'm Kenny Payne I'm the new coach at Louisville would love to develop a dialogue like love what you did at Illinois love what you did at Texas Tech like keep us in mind but we're not like those guys don't have us on their list like we haven't reached out to them at least in a way that's been reported but we have now reached out to Ole Miss transfer Luis Rodriguez who according to Justin Byerly who's a reporter down there has heard from Georgia I don't know how they don't have. I mean, they have a coach now, but like they for less time than we have. Like they just don't have a staff together. Well, I can't whatever. remember who the coach is at this exact moment. Mike White. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oregon, Washington State, Nevada, UNLV, Marquette, NC State, Kansas State, Pitt, Indiana, Rutgers, Louisville, West Virginia, and Texas. Now Rodriguez, <laughs> you might be saying, a hell of a group, man. It's you might be country. saying, Ole Miss was not great last year. I hope this guy put up monster numbers if, if we're going after him. Not really. The six foot six forward, he uh, he spent the last four years in Oxford. He missed one year because of injuries, only played like one game, I think his sophomore season. He averaged six point six points and five point five rebounds per game last season. He's ready to blossom. <laughs> he's like twenty three. <laughs> Some people are late bloomers, you know. And he's never averaged more than seven points in a season. It's because of the coaching down there. Like I look at that and look at his game and look at what I've seen, and he's the staff held him back. I'm just gonna be real. Like he's a downgrade from Dre Davis. If we're taking this guy like over Dre Davis, they're the same size, they play the same spots. He's put up worse numbers on worse teams than Davis has at Louisville, and that's saying something. <laughs> So like I'd, I don't know he said me re- he's he rebounded better than Davis it sounds like five point five to three point two yeah I mean, one is bigger than the other <laughs> sure yeah I, I mean I just if we're I don't know like, it's not a name that I think is going to excite anybody it sure as hell does not excite me we have to no get, it doesn't move the needle I mean we're like the whole notion of us losing all these guys is that. Kenny Payne and the staff are okay with it, right? Like, we lose a Dre Davis, that's fine. We lose Matt Cross, that's fine. We lose Sam Williamson, that's fine, because we're going to replace them with guys who are better. And kind of time to start getting on that. Like, I like that we're, like, Devin Ree, the, the kid who's apparently going to commit here, it sounds like we're in good shape with from the 2022 class. That's awesome. Number 82 player in the class, but seems like he has a lot of upside. Love it, but he doesn't seem like a guy who's going to come in here and help us right away. 
at least if we're going to be a legit top 25 team or within shouting distance of the top 25 next year, we've got to kill it in the transfer portal. And I don't know why like we're not at least reaching out to the biggest names that are out there. This is not a, I don't, I don't want this to come off as sounding like overly critical because maybe we are and it's just not being reported, but I don't know why I'm not seeing Louisville's name on any of the lists of the, like the, the guys that we all agree are the 10 best in the transfer portal or the 20 best in the transfer portal. I don't know who the 10 best are right now in the transfer portal. They get ranked and you know, you can like the, because I haven't looked at any ranks. The broom kid from Moorhead state who just entered the transfer portal. He's a beast. He is a, he's a classic front post uh, front court player. Kentucky's going after him. They think they're going to get him. We uh, like have not even sent a feeler text out. Apparently I would like that to happen. What did a feeler text would sound like? Hey man. I was thinking about you. Any interest in Louisville? Like, what would you? Te- how would you text a player that, like you? Were, you want if you were a coach? I know nothing about. Like, the- you're talking about a blind text to this kid. I've, I think we. I think we've sort of covered this ground before. But I am fascinated by what goes on in recruiting, like outside <laughs> of the illegal stuff, outside yeah. because I hear enough about that. Like I, I know how that that game works. What I know less is like the the day to day operations, the quote unquote normal recruiting stuff. The coaches in in college basketball and college football, for that matter, who have this reputation for being like tremendous recruiters, they go into your living room and they change. Like, what are they saying? Like, it's it's always blown my mind because, like, are they just really effective public speakers? <laughs> Do they know how I mean, to flirt with with moms and grandmas? Like, I just like what makes him like you know if he if he goes in there if Vince Marrow goes in there and gets him outside of just blatant cheating and dropping bags and being the bag man like what makes you a very effective recruiter i mean Pete Thomas is killing it on the west coast what is he saying that other people are not i mean well how snover he should leave his pipe there and so he could have an excuse to come back uh, stuff the, like that is great but like what is it about these people like the person to person i i don't doesn't baffle me it doesn't get me like you i mean to me it's the random texting to someone initially like just, just, I mean, first of all, where do you find these kids' numbers? Like, do, do is there a directory? I bet you when you is, 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 there, is there a directory of like all the all the teams and their players and their cell phone. Well, nowadays they all have <laughs> online profiles where they have the, the numbers are out there. Are they? I mean, yeah. okay. I mean, it, you had so, so did you see the thing yesterday? Pete Nocta had to put it out there. Like, if you're getting texts from this number, it's somebody who's hacked my phone and is now. <laughs> I mean, but it's a crappy thing. Like he's he's texting all these kids saying this is Pete Nocta and giving them hope that he's he's like offering fake scholarships to Louisville. Like somebody did that, and I assume it's a, I don't know, like a rival fan or like a, a rival coach or something along those lines. But what a crappy thing to do. Yeah, that's, but that stuff happens. Sounds like a Vince Merrill thing to me. Uh, I mean, it's just gotta be weird. Like it's, I don't. I, I guess it's because I mean I I mean I'm not that I haven't been through the the initiation of the texting i mean i've seen it from its birth until where it is now in my life and i've had a cell phone in the entire time but i don't know just to text some random especially as an adult to text a kid be like you know like you know just for just for bleeps and giggles talking about you know like hey noah this is trevor from so-and-so yeah what do you do i'd really love to meet up i mean it sounds like some chris hansen creepy stuff man this is why i could never do it i mean i could not do it like how do you it's not the only reason I couldn't do it. Trust me, I, I, I could never be a coach for a variety of reasons. Namely, I don't have the, the talent or the ability. Like if, you, if you're an assistant, do you have like a template, like you of like to. what you say? You, and you just, to. I mean, you have it down. Like, do you, do you say sincerely? Like, do you do old man and put your name into the text? I feel like I'd be like, so bad like, at yeah, it. Sincerely yours, you know, uh, you know, Nolan Smith. I mean, what are you? I mean, like, today are you, are you just hitting up a guy like? 
You seen this Will Smith Chris Rock stuff, man? <laughs> Do you send them like a link to your bio? Do they believe it's you? I mean, I, I, I'm honestly curious on how you break the ice on this thing. Just sending memes like your favorite TikTok <laughs> yeah. videos. I would feel so awkward all the time. Do you try to use modern, like, this song be jamming, right? I mean, do you try to act cool and you like, what's your favorite book? <laughs> do you see that new YouTube video on the Call of Duty thing? It was it was off the chain, right? I've recently <laughs> really gotten into Drive to Survive on Netflix. It's about Formula One racing. About Do you that? have any interest? Like, no. How about that Logan Paul? Huh? Huh? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is MTV still cool? <laughs> I mean, I would have no idea. I don't either. And I mean, I'm fascinated by that world because there are coaches who just are constantly on their phones texting these kids about everything, and I, God, love them. I don't know how they do it. I don't and they got to change with the generation in terms of what's cool, what is considered cool. I mean, do they do they have like a survey group of students from the university and like do like a, you know ask them trivia? Like, if you hear a coach say uh, this word, does it make you feel less excited, more here's excited? The, here's the thing that would drive me crazy though, because I'm all about working hard, even if it makes you feel a little bit awkward when you know there's a set result at the end of it. Imagine texting a 16, 17, 8 year old kid for like three straight years, texting him about how he's doing in biology, what his girlfriend's up to, same cook lyrics, what's going on <laughs> in the world. Your, your first text when Chris Rock gets slapped by Will Smith on national TV is to like a 17 year old boy who's a great cornerback, but probably not the person you would text first in real, quote unquote, real life. You do all that for like three years, and then he commits to Georgia to play football. And you're like, well, like, I wasted three years of my life texting a teenager <laughs> about God knows what. I, again, like. I tell you what, out of context, this is one of the creepiest conversations anyone's going to hear. In context, it's creepy <laughs> as hell. Recruiting is creepy as hell. And you've got to do it. It's like half of your job for these people. Three years of my life on this kid. Oh, my God. Like, it's just, God love them. Maybe, you know, people get all mad about these salaries. You're not paying these people enough to text these teenage kids all the time. You're not paying them enough. You, you I mean, if you're a coach, you you like you determined to have a kid so like you can like use them as studying. I guess how to recruit. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, speaking of the roster construction, other guys, you know, people are like who else have we reached out to? I mean, we know the kid from Xavier who decommitted. Uh, Xavier, whatever his name is, I can't remember. The, the kid from Xavier is name Xavier. <sighs> I ward. I, 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 my head is spinning. I'm sorry. I, Tyrell, uh, kid from Xavier. That'd have been cool. <laughs> Tyrell Johnson, I believe is his name. Uh, Tyrell Ward. I, I danced all around it. I finally got it. Tyrell Ward from 2022. He's a top 50 player in that class. Uh, recently reopened his commitment after Xavier got rid of Travis Steele. Uh, we know we've contacted him, but as far as grad transfers and, and regular transfers, we just. Louisville's not popping up on this list. And I, I wonder if it's one of these deals where, you know, Kenny Payne just hasn't doesn't have the media contacts to put it out there. I think it's usually the kid who's saying that so-and-so have reached out to me. I don't know if we're doing it and it's just not getting reported or if we're just being more selective. I, I, I've got no idea, I but mean, we're not popping up on these lists. If if, if I was to, to, to think of one, like maybe one reason why is that Kenny Payne – I know a lot of Bull fans are going to tell me there's no excuse because you need to get out on the recruiting trail. You need to go out and do this. That's what you're, you know, quote unquote, hired for on the premise of the excitement that you can recruit. 
But if you're Kenny Payne, I mean, I would think that your focus right now, as much as you want to put some on the recruiting and filling this roster, would be getting this coaching staff put together. I mean, that would be, I mean, you can't. Yeah, but there's a lot of the coaches, your assistant coaches are, are the ones more often than not that, that reach out to these kids and do these creepy texting, I would think, more than the head coach. Well, we know we've got one. Yeah. We believe we've got two. Like, the reports out there are that Milt Wagner is, is, is also signed or at least agreed to in no uncertain terms to definitely going to make the, the text of dj a lot less awkward yeah. yeah and then i mean how much time do you really need to spend out there looking for a third assistant like like that should clearly it demands some of your time but you've got time to recruit I mean, you've got can, time to, to, to deal with players can we assume that anyone that that nolan was connected with is also now considered one of our people now maybe i think at least one and you've mentioned one, but not even. Not only that, I mean, I don't know how many people. I can't. I don't know how many people leave, leave Duke in the transfer portal. I don't think they do get a lot. But now, well, it's a new era. It is, but uh, I mean, even John Shire is different than leaving Coach K. I'm just curious. I wonder if Nolan is there. Is there any possibility Nolan's bringing someone from Duke with him? The rumor is that out of the kids that are committed to Duke, and Duke's got three commits right now in the top five of the 2022 class. The Whitehead kid, who's from Newark, from New, New Jersey, is the one that Louisville might have a chance with. The issue, and he like this is not as big of an issue as I think it used to be. He's already signed his national letter of intent. I think if he wanted to get out of it, he probably could. I think Duke would. Now, you can't play up the coaching change to get out of a national letter of intent like you could like the Louisville kids had no problem getting out Frederick King and Deontay Davis zero issue they signed to play for Chris Mack Chris Mack's not here anymore boom done you're free these Duke kids knew Mike Krzyzewski was leaving the entire world has known for like a year and a half that Mike Krzyzewski's leaving because Mike Krzyzewski won't shut up oh, about the what? fact that he's leaving <laughs> Whitehead is the one though that I, that I kind of have been told would have a shot because he has more direct ties to Nolan Smith specifically. He also is up there in Newark with Purvis Ellison and those guys. So keep an eye on that. Derek Lively, who's the number one player in this current class, I, no shot. He's going to go to Duke. Um, the, the kid, Kyle, oh, God, who's number three. Um, I hate to say this, but the white kid in their class, the, not, not singular, Filipowski, Philip, I think that's his name. He is apparently locked into Duke, not going anywhere else. And I think they have another commit who's like top 20, top 15, who's also going to Duke. But Whitehead is the one kid that I think would at least entertain the idea of following Nolan somewhere, regardless of where he's going. But in this case. I was thinking more maybe also bringing anybody from the current roster. But then again, I think about it. I mean, if you're leaving Duke more often than not, you're not going to transfer. You're just going to go pro. There also were more, you know, these crystal ball prognostications that recruiting experts make. And more times than not, if, if everybody's saying the same thing, that winds up being the case. There were more yesterday uh, predicting Sky Clark to Illinois. So not saying that ship has completely sailed, just saying what we've been saying continues to be true, which it seems like Illinois is the favorite. And if something goes wrong there, then potentially he falls into our lap. Um, but as of right now, he appears to be in Illinois lane. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll take more text. 502-414-1450. We haven't really gotten to the text line this hour, so we'll do that coming up next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show rolling on here on Tuesday. College basketball is over. We're reacting to all that on 1450 and 961 The Big X. Every night when the sun goes down Just another lonely boy in town She 
Again, hour number two of the Mike Rutherford show rolling on here on a Tuesday. What's up? They're gonna sing. No. My mom told me this was her and my dad's song. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Gotta. Mm. I know. Well. Interesting. You might know this about me. I was a uh, try to keep the guy, baby. You were dad, dad was married with other kids. Oh. I was a I'm trying to keep him, baby. You were like the look who's the cleaner talk- version of Eddie Griffin's version. You were basically the look who's talking, baby. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah there know. you go. Not the inner voice of Bruce Willis. Yeah. When I hear you talk sometimes, I feel like I hear Bruce Willis. <laughs> I picture Bruce Willis when you text me. That's that's what I've always thought. That how ironic it is. Good movie. I watched it on my eighth birthday. How excited, Trevor, are you that uh, Tiger Woods is playing in the Masters this week? Follow-up question, did you know the Masters was this week? <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> yes, I knew the Masters was this week because of you. Thank you. Uh, and But no, I had no idea Tiger Woods was in it. And, but, but, I mean, let me rephrase that. He just said, he officially confirmed it today. He's playing. I'm not... I'm not excited he's in it because I was, I kind of assumed he was going to be in it anyway, wasn't he? Well, he hasn't played in like a year and a half golf period. Oh, he hasn't? Not like in a real tournament. Really? Yeah, he's been... His body is basically being held together with rubber bands right now. <laughs> That's Tiger. So bet on him to win this week. How many How many more majors do he need to... Because remember it was a given. Like he was, he's, gonna, he's not even going to pass Nicholson. He's going to just blow past him for the majors. Uh, well, it looked like it was for so long. And then he just like hit that wall and... Or, I guess, more, more truthy. Yeah. His wife, his, his wife at the car with some golf clubs. Yeah. Uh, that was a Thanksgiving to remember, right? It was, yeah. It was, we were watching, it was Thanksgiving. I know it was. We were, we're remember, watching the Maui yeah. Championship game. I'll never forget it. I remember being at the... Uh, you know, Bring back the Lake first. Maui title game. <laughs> Let me say that. The, um, that was, and so that was in like, yeah, that was 13, 14 years ago. It was 08. Yeah, 08. It was my first year radio, I remember. I bleep at the fan. Uh... Because I remember having Perkins. I was like, I worked at Perkins for like three days. To answer your question, though, he is three behind Jack. He's right still now. three. But back in 08, he was like four. Well, yeah, he's only won one since then. It was that Masters a few years ago. Oh, man. Because there was, I mean, I I lost a bet. I bet my my best friend, 100 bucks that he would never win another major again. And we said we would cap the bet after 10 years. This was like three years ago. So he he won like the second tournament he could have won to, to make me lose the bet. I was like, I, I couldn't believe it because he almost won. He was like so competitive in that British. I was like, Jesus, what happened? And then he wins the Masters. I like, I couldn't have lost that bet faster. I, I was a hundred percent sure he was done. He was completely done. But he surprised everybody. But he's playing this week. I, this is a, a selfish rant. Will he get the record? No, no. He's not gonna play enough. Like he's his body is is done. Like he's he's falling apart. Um, I'm so upset. I can tell. Every year I enter the Masters lottery to go to Augusta National. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And every year I get told no. It's like this exclusive club. You have to know somebody or you have to win the lottery. And this year somehow, like everybody I know 
has is going to Augusta, has gotten tickets to a practice <laughs> round or tickets to an actual round. And even people like I only kind of know, like like Bobby Regan, who I've done the podcast with, he's the UK fan, he works for Barstool. Yeah, he does. He goes on KRC all the time. Yeah, I, I, we used to do a college basketball podcast together. Um, and he's there this week. He's there tomorrow. But today, my two of my best friends, uh, former Trinity football sensation, Daniel Mudd. I'm not going. I know. You know. Two of my best friends. You're also two other. Of, oh. Two of my best friends. Okay. You're one of my other best friends. <laughs> I've got a lot of best friends. I love everybody. But they both. <laughs> the list. They both were at Augusta today, <laughs> and they flew and they looked at the weather report last night, and it's like 100 percent chance of rain starting at 10 a.m. Could get up to it like an inch and a half of rain. And my buddies are like, why are we even flying down here? But they went today. They got like two hours in and they got kicked out. Was and that- there was a part of me, like the most petty part of me, because the real part of me, like 75% of me was like, I feel bad for them. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And 25% was like, good. <laughs> good. I'm glad. If I can't go, nobody should be allowed <laughs> to go. The great family guy with the butt. Good. Good. And then Danny, uh, a.k.a. Podcast Trevor, yeah, yeah. who's in here a couple weeks ago, he w- got to go to a practice round a few years ago and then also now gets to go this year for an actual round on Thursday. Not fair. It's not fair. It does seem unfair. Now, Augustus, that's like right on the border of Georgia, South Carolina, right? That sounds right. I, I, I feel like people who go to it more often than not will stay in South Carolina sometimes. I know it's hard to, to get places to stay. Yeah. Well, I imagine it is. I mean, it's probably not a lot of a lot of hotels in Augusta, I would guess. I just got I'm sorry, I'm just laughing. I just got a text from a college basketball writer who shall shall remain nameless who just texted me and just goes, Okay, percent chance you think Coach K comes back next year. <laughs> I'm like, what, what a hilarious text to be sending at four forty in the afternoon the day after the season ends. I'm surprised they waited this long to send it. Fifteen. Putting it there, fifteen percent. I'm gonna say twenty, twenty five. Like it's it, it's not an unbelievable no. thing. I mean, we like Tom Brady did it. Yeah, poor Tom Brady. The guy spent a lot of money on his last touchdown pass the ball. What if John Shire like just gets completely screwed? He gets Conan. Like Jay, it's a classic Jay Leno Conan <laughs> yeah. deal. They make it to the summer before Coach K is like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm coming back. But they make him like the special assistant or something. And then it gets closer to the season. They drop a couple games early. It's like, okay, Coach K is the coach. K. What if he even doesn't make it to the season? What if Coach K is coaching the opener? He might be. He might be. Or he goes to, like, NC State. They fire Kevin Keats. It's like, oh, all right, I'm, I'm coming. I'm making this happen. Uh, let's go to, let's go to the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. Uh, Texture says, I guess, based on, well, this is, you gave it away, what, who your allegiance is live. First text is, you sissies did fake COVID. <laughs> and then the second text is guy ain't leaving Duke for Louisville. Is this the same texture who guaranteed that Nolan Smith wouldn't leave uh, Duke for Louisville? I think it's a done deal, right? Well, he, he's talking about the Derek Whitehead, the, the kid we were t- the recruit. Oh, we were talking about okay, last okay, okay. Kid ain't guy ain't leaving Duke for Louisville. Might have been the same guy who guaranteed Nolan Smith wouldn't leave. I'm like, well, mm. he is. There you go. Text says creepy recruiting text with Mike and TK needs to be a recurring segment on the show. <laughs> I just want. I'm just. I'm fascinated. I, I am literally. Yeah, I'm not trying to be like. Funny or goofy? I'm I'm like you. I'm legitimately fascinated on what they go. Like I te- I told you, like I wish um, you know my buddy's kid happy birthday yesterday. He turned twenty. And he's twenty. No. So I mean that's still you know and and I you know I texted him yesterday and he te- you know you know happy birthday blah 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 and he texted me back. He was like, oh yeah, I'm feeling old and getting decrepit. I'm like, first of all, you're twenty years old. I was like, you're not even old. You're not even at the age where I was when you were born. I know. And second, I was like. I've had conversations with Taylor. It's his name. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, these, I can't imagine having to recruit these kids and like act like I care enough. Ah. 
to, to like I have a very firm memory of the summer that I was 16 playing like summer baseball and it was one of those like you know you're, you're in the middle of like these games don't really matter like, it wasn't a big tournament we were playing like a team from Shelby County or something and I remember I'm leading off second base and the this umpire is probably like 35 is talking to me and he's like you know, how you doing like what's going on I'm like oh man like I'm pretty tired and he's like he like gets immediately offended and he's like Mother bleeper, you're 16 years old. He's like, you got all the energy in the world. I don't want to hear. And at the time, I'm like, that was a little bit extreme. And looking back, I'm like, you know, that guy's right. I want to slap my 16 year old self. You're fine. You're not tired. You're not sore. You don't know what tired and sore is. And now 20, like, and now you could replay this conversation to like 57 year old Mike, 20 years in the future, and he's probably like, I want to smack the bleep out of that 37 year old kid. Well, I told Taylor he's getting old, but I, but he's yet to reach the crap, which I left in the rearview five years ago. Yeah. I mean. I just I, I can't imagine what I would text a kid, and it's your job. Like this is what you get paid a, a significant amount of money I, to do. And keep in mind, I guess, because we we keep putting our eyes, and I, I think we're we're looking at this, trying to look this through the, the Bill Self, Roy Williams, Coach K. But I would I'd like to think because more often than not, even, I'm thinking more just like assistant coach the, who are who are on the younger side. Like yeah. Nolan Smith's still young even enough. Then. But he, yeah, I mean, because he's I mean, would he graduate in 2013? He's 33 years old, yeah. so, yeah. I mean, he's at least probably closer to that. I mean, he's close and, a lot closer than I am. I mean, it's granted. easier. It's still weird. Yeah. That's what I would say. It's easier. It's still weird. If you're if there's a 16-year gap between yourself and whoever you're texting, that's too many years, especially if you're 33 and the person's 17. I mean, when I was 33, yeah, I wouldn't. I, mean, I don't know. I want to know who you were texting when you were 33. One 16-year-old. You want me to ask, ma'am? Fine. <laughs> Miss, where do the high school girls around here hang out? Texture says recruiting is the mitochondria of the program. Damn right. Powerhouse. Uh, Texas, was it Tom Crean who texted the kid, hey, I've been thinking about you a lot lately? He, he tweeted it out or something, yeah. All-time moment. Yeah. I, be, I mean, the, the, I believe the exact text, which everybody just assumed was meant to be a direct message on Twitter, was, I've been thinking about you a lot lately, dot, 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 a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Coming from anybody, that's weird. Coming from somebody who looks and acts the way that Tom Crean does... It made me uncomfortable just to see it for what, the split second that it was on the timeline. It's going to be weirder. A, it's probably not the first person he sent that same t- exact text to or attempted to. And B, probably the only coaches said something like that. I mean, I mean, there's probably tons of coaches say, how do you not phrase it better? I mean, how do you not say, like, I've been thinking a lot about how you would fit into our program lately. I've been thinking a lot about your game lately. I've been thinking a lot about you lately is just not something you should be saying to a teenage boy in any circumstance. The fact it's texting, but at least, oh my good lord! Back in my day, here we go. <laughs> every time I say that phrase, I get this makes me shivers down my spine. I expected it at this point. I know, but back in, I mean, you had at least you had to do recruiting face to face, if not at least a letter, and a letter's nowhere near the creepiness of a text. So I mean, or phone calls, or phone call. Yeah, again, nowhere near as creepy as a text. Like the cre- the text just comes off creepy when it's coming from a complete stranger. I was listening to uh, Jay Such, Williams, such an adult. <laughs> I, I listened to Matt Jones put out a, a clip that you know he's hosting. He does some ESPN radio stuff on the weekends, I think. And he had done a show where he and Myron Medcalf had interviewed Jay Williams talking about his recruiting experience, and he was saying 
you know, back in the day, I, we had the old you know, stretch cord phone in the house. Oh, yeah, where yeah. You, you, you take it off the, the hook and you walk into the other room and you stretch the wire and you cl- mm-hmm. close the door with the, the cord in it. Like, oh, yeah. Kids these days don't know. I used to have to do the same thing. I did the same thing too. But he said, in my kitchen wall, I had a 10 foot wire on it. He was talking about how he was talking with Tubby Smith. And he's on one line. His dad's got the phone upstairs. Tubby's on the other line. And they're talking. And he's like, this conversation's going great. And. I'm going to go to Kentucky. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling like I'm going to go to UK, go big blue, hashtag BBN. He was way ahead of the curve. He knew what hashtags were 15 <laughs> well, years before at, they became At the time, he would say pound sign. Pound BB. sign. Pound <laughs> sign BBN. <laughs> so, yeah, kids don't realize that's actually a pound sign, not a hashtag. <laughs> and then at the very end, his dad was like, one last question. What's your graduation rate? And Tubby kind of like, you could tell he wasn't prepared for the question. And was like, ah, oh, I'm gonna have to um, get back to you, and like didn't have it readily available. And they were like, that was it, done right there. He's gonna, he's, I'm going to Duke. And I was like, that's all it took. And also, I kind of don't believe you. Yeah, I guess that was luckily for Duke. That was before the graduation rate took a dip at the Elton Brand class. I mean, did Jay Williams graduate from Duke? I know he went pro after three years. I thought he looked after sophomore year. He may have. Was sophomore junior? It could have been either one. I still, he's my go-to. I feel like everybody who says because he was right after that class with the like, Maggetti who left after his freshman year. Bram was sophomore. Um, there was somebody else in that class that was a sophomore. I think that left. But, yeah. He played three seasons at Duke. Did he played three. Okay, yeah. He's my. I feel like everybody. When you ask somebody who the you know the best college basketball player of their life was, or the best college football player they've ever seen was, it's always somebody from the age when they were like fourteen through nineteen. And it just kind of sticks with him, and he's kind brother. of he's kind of been my answer. I think Jay Williams was maybe the best college basketball player I've ever seen, in, like with my own eyes, like that I followed. Um, I would have never. I mean, he was so good. I mean, I would have no. I would have that would have never come. In to my football, mind. I always feel like Reggie Bush. Bush, I get. Yeah, I mean, Bush alone, just the Fresno State game on Thursday night was just a thing of of magic. I mean, those Duke team. I mean, he, the the 2001 team that won the national title. He averaged, and this is when Duke was even more so than today. Like we got to spread it around. We're not going to have one guy who's. He averaged twenty three points and seven assists. See, I, you're fourteen to nineteen. I'm more thinking eight to twelve. Really? Because I mean, my mind goes to you know Larry Johnson in college. I mean, well, obviously, probably, and you can't someone hear this, but to me, still is probably Christian Leitner. Oh, see, I would go. I, I, I thought mean, you were going to say Mashburn. He Chris, was another one that I was like, no, he Chris, terrified me. Christian Leitner, probably greatest. College, I mean, yeah. I mean, in, just 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 the just the individual just dominating games left and right. I mean, the fact he went to four straight Final Fours, won two national titles. I mean, I saw. By the way, he was probably the greatest. To not me. to cut you off, but I saw John Rothstein, who I think I've made my feelings about him apparent on the show in other places. <laughs> College basketball robot. He's the weirdest guy alive. Meet him in person. Every bit as weird in person as he I is don't on think Twitter. I've never met him in person. Actually, I have one time. Maybe I have. I Very remember. weird. But he said this weekend he was being interviewed for something that like Christian Leitner and that Duke team made him fall in love with college basketball. And I was like, that's could not check out more. Could not be more on brand. Makes a hundred percent sense. I wouldn't say fall in love for me, but uh, I mean, it was still just. I mean, it was hard to. I mean, you, 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 much you hate him, and you obviously it's hard to. When you look at the hindsight of his pro career, which gets a bad rap because he was in the pros for a while. He just obviously didn't yeah. match his his collegiate career, but. I mean, as a college player, he was incredible. He was dominant. I remember. Do you I mean, remember that moment? dominant. Do you remember that moment when? Because I assume you were like me growing up around here. Your focus was, and you were probably. It sounds like you were more of an NBA 
guy than I was growing up. In the 80s, yes. Oh, but, yeah. But it, were it, you still more focused on college than pro sports growing up here? Um, Even. Post like 87, post around 88, 89, I was even. Okay. I mean, growing up, I, I really didn't get into college until about 88. Well, then maybe this doesn't, like, won't resonate with you. But, like, I was always so focused on college. I paid very little attention to the NBA. If I watched pro sports, it was MLB and NFL. I did watch MLB. But the one, like, the, the first time where I really realized that there was a stark contrast between the college game and the pro game was when Alonzo Mourning got drafted ahead of Christian Leitner. Because, like, I knew Alonzo Mourning was good. Mm-hmm. I'd heard of him. But Christian Leitner was... You know, the dude in college basketball. Anytime you turned on a college basketball game, they were talking about him. Well, Duke, even Shaq. Yeah, Duke was the best team. He was the best player. And for him not to go number one overall in the NBA draft, I was like, well, this doesn't make sense. You know, it was the first time where I was like, oh, it's a little bit different. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's similar, I guess. Not as much, but I mean, like, I could see that because you mentioned lines. I mean, even, like I said, Shaq, and it sounds crazy to say this, but I mean, like, Leitner was just. Three times, if not five times, the college player Shaq was. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you knew Shaq was going to be a dominant force. You saw Shaq being a dominant force in college. But then again, you also saw Shaq lose being guarded by Jamel Martinez <laughs> yeah. and, and to Kentucky. I mean, Great A mustache. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I got a great Jamel Martinez story from an autograph session, too. Uh, that was the one set. But, yeah, I mean, that's, but that's what you did. You're like, you know, you see it and you're like, this guy – I, mean, I, I remember thinking, in, to follow in your example, was a guy named Byron Houston. I don't know if you remember him. Played, I don't. Played at Oklahoma State. I thought he was just like this stud player. I was like, this guy's, this guy's going to play in the NBA. And I remember him going like in like the late 20s of the draft. I think Chicago took him, if I'm not mistaken. And just, I mean, it was a bust. I mean, he was like a six, he was listed like six seven, six eight, I think, in college. But he was like really only like six five, six six. Didn't do anything in the pros, but he was just a really good college player at Oklahoma State. And that was kind of the moment where I was like, you know, him and even like a guy like Mark Randall from Kansas, yeah. who was really good at Kansas, and it was like was just an awful NBA player. I didn't ever play in the NBA, and that's when you, yeah, you start. I started to realize I was like, I don't, I, I don't know, I can't tell the difference at this point in my life. Yeah, because and, and I, I think I realized the difference, and now I don't know the difference anymore. Like now I'm just as bad as I was when I was yeah. probably seven or eight. But the older I get, the more like every now and then there'll be a guy that I'll watch play college basketball, and I'm like. I guess I understand why the pro scouts don't think his skills are going to translate. Yeah, but I I, I know it. He, it is. I, I've watched him too often. The, the The biggest one that comes to my mind is Jameer Nelson at St. Joe's because everybody's like, "Well, he's a fringe first round pick." And I'm like, "That dude's going to play in the NBA for ten years. He's he, he just has that bounce. He's got the outside shot. He's athletic. He's tough. He, he's going to make it." But then, I, I guess where I get lost are when I don't see what the NBA scouts see in some guys. Like I'll never forget. And I knew it was coming, but when Russell Westbrook went number three, I'm like, this dude averaged like three points per game at at UCLA the year before, and he was the third leading scorer on the UCLA team this past year. I get the upside, but third overall, there's no way he's going to live up to that. And then, boom, like 10 years later, it's averaging triple doubles. Like, like, So at this point, I just kind of defer to the NBA guys. But I I don't want to because I watched – I watched a lot of college basketball in February and March. I didn't watch as much from November to January as I used to because I don't have that job anymore. But watching, and this is where I, I'm i typically labeled a Gonzaga defender, but watching Gonzaga for the last month and a half, watching Duke the last month and a half, I don't understand how you could possibly take Chet Holmgren over Paulo Bancaro. Like, Paulo is huge and a beast and versatile, 
and I get that the NBA is different now, and Chet's not going to be banging with Dwight Howard in the post. No, you don't have to guard. You know, you don't get but, guarded. I like the skill set. Cool, he can make a fifteen foot jumper. He weighs one hundred and twenty pounds. I, I I just I don't understand how you can play. I mean, so but but all Kevin these Durant. people. I I know, but Durant could do more. Like True. he played point basically at Texas. He was bringing the ball up the floor. Chet Holmgren didn't do a whole lot of that for Gonzaga last year. Like. But then I talked to like Ricky O'Donnell, who I work with at SB Nation, who does the, all their draft stuff, and he's like, no, Chet's going to be a star. And maybe they end up being right, but I watched Jabari Smith, and I watched Paulo Buncaro, and I watched Chet Holmgren a decent amount the last month and a half. One of those things was not like the other to me. But we'll see. Like, I, this could be one of those things 10 years from now. Like, we're still doing the show. It's, it's the biggest show in, in American sports radio. And we're like, hey, remember when you had that Chet Holmgren take? Guy, you were completely the biggest whip you had on a guy going into the NBA and going, that guy's not going to be good and turned out to be good. And turned out to be good? Turned out to be good. I mean, Russell Westbrook, right there. Yeah. I would say that. Mine's got to be Dwayne Wade. I I, thought Dwayne was going to be good. I just didn't. I had not grasped the NBA's transition into. I I still looked at. I looked at Dwayne Wade and I saw Sean Respert. In the NBA, I couldn't shoot the three. He's he's a six three shooting guard, and, and honestly, Dwayne and Sean Westbrook was a guy I thought was going to be good, and that's when I that's one yeah. of those times I realized there's a difference between you, you got to have not only the skill but the size in college to go to the pro. Now you don't have to, and Dwayne and that Wayne came into that era where it was the perfect time for him. you started to get that transition to where now it doesn't matter your size; it, it, it's meaningless somewhat where you play. And and that was and he just had all the he did everything else and I just didn't think that was going to transition. I think I even called him Sean Respert at one point many a times and, and still get crap from my friends for that that I knew, knew back then. And you stick Dwayne Wade in the NBA right now, like don't get me wrong, he's a, he's a he's a good player, but he's not what he was back in the the end of the aughts. Like it's a different game. Uh, in his prime, he's still been. I mean, a lot of people would probably call him like a, like a kind of James Harden like player. I mean, he also probably doesn't get drafted that high because he doesn't have the outside shot, and people no, would and they want that. It. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, it's funny you say that because for most of his career. Even though he killed Louisville, like I didn't see it at the NBA like you. The moment it changed for me, and this is the moment it probably changed for a lot of people, was the triple double against UK, where he was just doing because that UK team was great. I mean, I think he's a great college player. I and just didn't think it was a transition. Still, like because that UK team had they had pros. They were I thought they were going to win it all. I was terrified they were going to win it all, and he did whatever he wanted to the uh, entire game. Oh, it's only because Bogans was hurt. By the way, you didn't know that. Oh, God, you, you didn't hear about that. Way, you know, you know, they lost ninety seven because Anderson started. I mean that that one's got merit. You can argue it, yeah. That one you that can one's argue. got some merit. It's hard. To, the only reason I defended against it is because Miles Simon was just. I mean, that was one of those special moment runs by a player that we don't see. I mean, how many can you name? in my lifetime? I mean, Danny Manning would be considered my lifetime. Miles Simon and just Kimbo. falling short, huh? Kimbo, Kimbo, uh, John John Wallace who just fell short. I mean, John Wallace almost did the same thing with Syracuse against a Kentucky team that was 10 times better than anybody he had on oh, the yeah, roster. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he kept them in that game. I mean, that's... Lawrence that's Moten. A, say what? Lawrence Moten. Lawrence Moten. <laughs> Don't call timeout, Lawrence. God. <laughs> um, what was I, I had something else I was going to say right there. I think Lawrence Moten's like their all-time scorer or something like that. No, I've lost it. Which is perfect timing anyway, because we're up against the NBA. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Texas says, don't forget your Steven Adams take during the Gorgie draft. Props to you for remembering that. Did you have a bad Steven Adams oh, take? Oh, yeah. Because I was mad that he got drafted ahead of Gorgie. And I was like, oh, how's, yeah. I did the Happy Gilmore quote. I, I remember I tweeted it. You can probably still find it. I, I don't, I'm not going to delete it. I was like, oh, Steven Adams got drafted ahead of Gorgie? 
how do he finish again this year? How does how Pitt finish? Oh, dead last. Oh no, he'll upgrade to be a career though. Good player. He's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to be a dud. Like, I I I didn't get it at all. I tell you what, I missed on in, in a very similar draft, and I got into arguments with uh, my man Rob Jones, who's you know obviously a diehard U of L fan, and he just got so angry when I'd be like, "Dude, I can see where Alex Lynn's going ahead of Gorgie." Like Alex <laughs> Lynn's the guy's got the ceiling for, and he was a lottery pick. I didn't get that one either. And I and I honestly I. I understood him going before Gorgie, and I thought he'd have a pretty decent career, Gorgie, in the long run. I think, by comparison, he's probably had a better career. Yes. Um, neither really are moving the needle, but he had a better career than Alex. Uh, and Alex Lynn was just awful. I mean, he just didn't do anything. He was horrible. The one that I was most wrong about, I think this is probably the one that most people were the most wrong about. I thought Reese was going to be a terrific pro. I did, too. He I had the he outside could, shot. Yeah. He had the size. He he just seemed to be like the quintessential pro, and he this wasn't good enough. Yeah. Never, never, never clicked. Oh, my, one of my favorites too is the young Trevor. How is a guy named Chauncey Billups going three and Dewan Wheat in the second round? And Dewan Wheat just ate him up out there. I think it's Maui or something. We played him the, uh, one year. I don't forget what tournament we played them in. And I was like, he's Chauncey Billups, a scrub. God. Don't get me wrong, Chauncey Bill is somewhat overrated for just being a clutch shooter, but not an average player. Speaking of Maui, real quickly, and we'll end the, the the hour on this. I keep forgetting that we're playing in the Maui Invitational next year. I do too. <laughs> and if you look at, I actually tried to do this before last night, like a early top twenty five, because they're they're clicks machines. Like like people are dying to see where their team is next year. But with the transfer portal being what it is, with the new draft deadline being so late, like it's impossible. Go back and look at some of the very like the. Hey, our first very early ratings for next season from last year. Like nobody was close. Nobody was was remotely close because the <laughs> rosters changed so much. So I'm like, I, I may do, end up doing it this week, but I was like, to hell with this. I'm not. I'm not writing this. But if you look at what we do know about the rosters for next year at this moment, and the Maui Invitational for next year, the field, there could be three preseason top ten teams in that tournament. Because Arkansas, they're bringing back most of the team from from this year. Yeah, plus they've got and like, they've got the number two recruiting class yep. in the country. Creighton, they just I, signed another one just last week, didn't they? They, they did. Yeah, uh, Creighton. If you're looking for a team to like get a futures bet in on for the national title next year, their odds are probably going to be pretty good because they're Creighton and they bring back everybody from a team that was really good this year before they had injury problems. They're going to get that seven footer back, and they're going to get the, um, the the kid who was the Big East freshman of the year, the point guard back who didn't play against Kansas. I said like, McDermott doesn't sell me on. I don't know. Well, they're going to be good next yeah, year. Yeah, I'm sure they will be. And then Arizona is in the field as well. Oh, yeah. Like, they're potentially going to be preseason top ten again, depending on who they lose, who they don't. Who I mean, they're going to lose uh, your boy, the, the the best player. I forget his name. I'm talking about the shooting guard. Um, uh, Matherin. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he is. I mean, he. By the way, that's my. After just talking for like twenty minutes about how bad I am with projecting NBA talent, Benedict Matherin. That's my predict. My prediction for the best player from this draft class. My last big. I whip, think he's awesome. My last big whiff most recently, Lonnie Walker, Miami. I thought Lonnie Walker was going to be really good. I thought I, I saw kind of a like kind of a Donovan Mitchell pro- progression in him, like a six five. He could do so many things and. But I think so, he's doing decent. I think he's picked up a little bit with the Spurs. Yeah, I could he's be been wrong. Fine. Yeah. To, to wrap up that field, Arkansas, Arizona, both going to be great. Cincinnati, eh, we'll see. Uh, Creighton, I think should be fantastic. Ohio State should be good. San Diego State is always good. Texas Tech, you know they're going to be good with Mark Adams. And then Louisville's the eighth team. This is one of those off uh, odd years where we don't have uh, Chaminade in the field. They're playing every other year now. I think it's Boo. stupid. I know, I hate it. I think, I think it's stupid. But there's no easy win there for Louisville. I know we don't have any idea what our roster is going to look like, but that is going to be a tough tournament. But hell, 
It's going to be a fun – that week, real quickly, that week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we get cards in the Maui Invitational. Thursday, Thanksgiving, Lions are going to be fighting for their Super Bowl, the top seed in the NFC. We know that's going to happen. Friday, Black Friday, USA-England World Cup. Oh, my God. Saturday, Louisville-Kentucky football. What a sports week. Like, that's going to be – I saw the tweet from Smite Fox. was like, uh, not to be a company man, but – Cowboys on Thursday, the, the the soccer game on Friday. He said Michigan, Ohio State on Saturday, and then football day Sunday. Best oh, four day span of. It's gonna be awesome. It is. I'm so excited about it. By the way, I'll, you just did all that talking. All I heard was blah blah blah. Louisville shocked the world in Maui. Shocked the world in Maui. That's all I heard. USA shocks the world in the World Cup. It's gonna be a fun for Card shocked the world and bring back the Governor's Cup slash Little Howard to the Big X Studios. We, we may have not to do. We may not do a Black Friday show ne- this next Friday, Black Friday. Oh, we're doing it. I don't know. You may be here with Gary with the weird like turkey, soccer. I mean, I might I don't know. Oh, I'm excited. Depends what time the game it depends what time the soccer match is. Okay. <laughs> we'll figure that out. You don't miss the soccer matches. Not USA versus England. I'm watching that Hell no. I remember I watched the last one in the hotel before. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. watching USA. Unless I, we know we discussed about soccer. I'm watching USA in in any World Cup stuff. I'm watching the full match. All right, let's take a break. Five o'clock hours up next. We'll answer your questions on the text line. And uh, yeah, there's some good ones out there. We didn't really dive into the text line all that much last hour, so we'll do that next hour. It's coming up here on 1450-961, the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Life in the fast lane. Surely make you lose your mind. Life in the fast lane. Hour number three. You just wanted to jam to this. You're going to come I told you I like the Eagles. Now, the other thing I'm looking forward to this concert is this. This is going to be. I'm at that point now where it's. I'm just going to. I'm be sitting the whole concert. Oh, like the, the days of. St- I was watching something. I think it was like a Mike, Mike, Michael McDonald concert on Access or something one day. Why were you watching that? <laughs> <laughs> what life decisions did you make that led you to that point? I was just waiting to hear Sweet Freedom, and then I was going to turn the channel. Jesus uh, First of all, nothing wrong with Michael McDonald. Blasphemy. Uh, and second, as I was watching, I was like texting a friend. I was like, this is this is where I'm at. Like, everyone in the crowd has not stood once except for, like, the end of the show. Like, they're sitting there listening, you know. That's where I want to be now. That's where I'm at in life. Like, the I, I, last concert I went to was Guns N' Roses, and I was up close to it, and I stood up for a lot of it. But there was like a, a good 45-minute stretch where I just kind of sat there. Even the people in front of me standing, I don't care. I don't want to stand. I'm, I'm sitting. I'm too tired. I don't know how Axel's doing it. He's probably just got 80s heroin still going through his vein, which is why he's able to still dance around at this age. I loved – it was like probably three years ago, and if you follow me on Twitter or Red Car Chronicle or listen to the radio show for a period of time, you know how much I love uh, John Mulaney. Like, love No, the, act, yeah, the comedian, yeah. Comedian. Yeah. And so he developed that bromance with Pete Davidson, who I also loved when he first got started getting famous. I thought he was hilarious. I, I loved him on uh, Weekend Update, and I liked his stand-up before he even got on SNL. I, I liked the cool story. Staten Island movie. Yeah, King of Staten Island was, it was a good movie. That was he, a good movie. He did a, a funny short this past week on SNL about how, like, he's, it's like, a, he does, like, the fake rap songs now, and it was about how he likes really short movies on Netflix. Like, that's all he wants to watch. <laughs> um, 
it was he made a funny reference to the movie. But anyways, so Mulaney, when when Davidson was having all the problems with depression and he you know, posted vague kind of suicidal messages on social media, like Mulaney took him under his wing and like was trying to like make it. And so he brought him to a Steely Dan concert. He's like just trying to get him Ooh, to do stuff. I feel Dan. And he took a video of, of Pete at the concert where Pete's like, how come nobody's standing up? This is a concert. And Mulaney is like, people don't really do this with the Dan. And like, <laughs> this, the Dan. It, it's not really how it goes here. And Davidson's like, all right, let's get him to stand up. And like, he takes this video of Pete Davidson and like all the people around him, like start standing up with him. And John Mulaney's like, I've been to 50 Steely Dan concerts. I've literally never seen this before in my entire <laughs> life. It's a, it's a hilarious video, but it just reminds me of that. Cause I don't want to stand up at concerts anymore. I I'm old. I'm done. I want to enjoy the music. I will if I have to, but I prefer not to. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. What a terrible way. way to start the five o'clock hour. I don't want to stand. That's, either. that's on both of us. Well, you know, let's just change topics very well, quickly. If we're gonna stay on old man's. No, I'm, we're not. We're not. I've got, we're not, I got another not. one. Oh God! Get, you get over it because I got to go I, quickly. I, I, quickly. Every year, I love and wait for and look forward to one shiny moment, whether Louisville's in it or not. Oh, you're upset about this, and I am upset because they. It's been just total crap for like twenty years straight now. They have just completely ruined. They've ruined. It's been ru- they've, every year. They make it worse and worse. And last night, I'm looking or forward do you to just keep getting older and older. No, it's because they just don't have good taste, and they ruin. A, they've taken the wheel and added like different things to it for some reason. There's no reason to add it. It's the wheel. If you watched One Shining Moment before it got popular, like in the early '90s through the mid '90s, it was so good. It was so perfect. And the more it got popular, the more it got ruined. And I'm not saying it's as bad as the Jennifer Hudson one, which was just oh, the, the worst thing ever put together. Like that should be burned. That that film should be just taken out and shot. But why? Why do we need to add sound bites? And we need to add. And for the other part, it annoys me. It's in chronological order of the tournament. That's so stupid. It's just one shining moment. R.I.P. Just stop making it. The last fifteen or sixteen of them have just been total crap. It just ruins. It's ruined the legacy of one shining moment. The Louisville one was get great. over it. The one, even the Louisville one, wasn't that good. It was ranked as like the best ever on when they do those lists because people are idiots. I don't think it's. I, I think this is just. You don't need one second. I think this is nostalgia. The setting in for you. First thing I hear is a Jim Nance soundbite. It's already ruined for me. It's like I don't need it. I mean, then I could tell you beyond the shadow of it, like the 97 one has sound bites even back then because Austin Crozier hits the full court shot for Providence. They have the announcers like Crozier. Beginning of the end. <laughs> I mean, it's not nearly that bad. It is bad. It does not need sound bites. Sound bites completely ruin it. Putting it in order of the tournament is dumb. They've always done that. No, they haven't. Yes, they have. No, they have. Go back and watch like 95, 96, 97. I can I can tell you, I have them on tape. So I used to, I. I used to they're, record well, they're them. all on YouTube. You can find because they easily. used they used to sneak them in. I mean, it used to be they wouldn't even advertise it. It would just be cutting down the nets. And the credits would roll, and it would just go into it without right. any out any fanfare. And it always ended with David. And they were always good. But you can find those on YouTube. They do. They did. Now they've they may, always gone in order. Now they may show at the obviously at the end of them. They may show like the championship, some championship game highlights. But like nowadays, like the last ten or so of them, they have to like do it in order. And they now here's the final tip of the championship game, and here's Trevor, our highlights. It's I, so dumb. You're gonna go home tonight, ruin and it, and you're gonna be surprised, and you're gonna be disheartened. I almost don't want to tell you this. It's always been that no, way. Nope. It has always. No, go back and watch the mid-90s. It, I will. When it gets to the end, they have the final four games, and then they always have the tip-off with tipping it off in the national title they game. Do not, that was, they they do. did not do that until the 2000s or so. Go back and watch. 90, I will. 97, I've watched that 
one shiny moment at least 5,000 times. I know at the end of the 97 when they do the Simon Says comment. I can tell you exactly when Dewan Wheat's running down the floor and getting the crowd pumped <laughs> up. I can tell you that we were the tip-off video there. There's BJ Flynn taking a charge. I believe that should with, be. It, it says, with wind in your hair, wind in your face. That's BJ Flynn. I can tell you every element of that. And it follows Good luck the exact pointing out same last script. night because you have sound bites over the song. Oh, my God. So bad. It's We're still, gonna... like you said. Ruined it. Nothing will be worse than when they actually showed Jennifer H- Hudson singing Ugh. it. Like clips of her. The song was bad enough. Showing her instead of showing actual basketball footage was the worst. What year was that? Was that was that nine or ten? I don't remember. It was bad. And they quickly rectified it. They're oh, like, it was, again. Yeah. I, I will give it's them still credit bad, last though. night for this. It sucks. I thought it was going to be so disgustingly, nauseatingly Coach K heavy, and it wasn't. Props to them for that. Like it was, there was barely like there was Coach K cutting down the nets before the Elite Eight, and then like a clip of him losing at the end of the North Carolina game. That was kind of it. I thought that was good. Yeah, yeah. We want just just stop using it. It's been ruined. Let's get over it. Move it on. Let's make a new song so we can just not have to worry about ruining what was already something so great. Texas's original version of One Shining Moment was better than Luther Vandross. Perfect amount of campiness. I agree with that. Yeah, the original version. Yeah, even the original version song was better. Texas another dumb Trevor take. Yeah, well. You probably think the new Ghostbusters movie is better than the original, don't you? Somebody texted in for <laughs> for Scooter Dingus, but accidentally used Trevor, which I, I don't know whether to be. Trevor, Kofi Coburn was, was player of the year last year, which he wasn't. Um, yes, I know not unanimous like Oscar will be, but he was player of the year conversation again this year, and his stock went down. Well, he was not national player of the year last year. His stock was never, didn't go down. It never went anywhere. Right. He's just not an NBA player. Yeah. That's, uh, sorry, Texter who accidentally confused Trevor with Scooter Dingus. First of all, what, by the way, what does that have to do with anything I said? Well, no, they, they were, were, were responding to something that Scooter Dingus said on KRC. Oh, but accidentally okay. said Trevor instead of KRC. Okay. But now we're crapping on him because you know, Luca Garza won every national player of the year. Yeah. Year. Um, let me ask you this. You established that the other day. Were you, were you rooting for either team last night? Well, I was rooting for Kansas because I, I bet them. Okay, but like take financial interests away was there one team that you were more because I, I i'm like every, really. i'm like most people i don't like either one of these programs yeah. i had reasons to root against both my primary reason for rooting against kansas it wasn't any of the ncaa stuff which again i, I talked about in the first hour i think actually kind of works for us hey another stigmatized national champion cool <laughs> join the club i didn't want them to win just because we're tied with them for national titles us them and Villanova had three going into last night. I didn't want them to break that tie and get up to four with UConn. Um, I'd like to, you know, keep it there. And Carolina getting closer to Kentucky is uh, would have been another thing. They, they would get to seven. Uh, UK's got eight. But outside of that, I didn't really care. Mary could not understand why I wouldn't pull for a team from our conference, especially after I was pulling for them against Duke. And I had to explain to her, we're not SEC fans. We don't do this. We don't do the conference chant. If I don't like your team and you play in my conference, I don't care. I'm going to root against you. I'm not rooting for Clemson football when they play in the, in the college football playoff unless they're playing against a team, that, a team that I hate even more. I'm not going to root for North Carolina in the title game when they came into our building and screwed us out of a win and Armando Baycott flopped and flailed and did all that crap both times we played them. No. I like Hubert Davis. I like this. I think he's a, a good person. I'll be fine with North Carolina moving forward, but this team specifically, no, they're a bunch of a-holes. I, I didn't like them. I didn't like the team. And I rooted for them against Duke because I 
don't like Duke either. Best serve two Eagles. And I'm rooting for maximum pain. And the maximum pain in that situation was Coach K going out with, with multiple losses to his arch rival Max in the pain. first NCAA tournament. But no, I, I had no – and I guess it benefits Louisville – directly if Carolina wins because we get more money from the NCAA tournament, more of shares because they would win another game. But I'd rather have Carolina losing. I just didn't like the team. I, it, financial reasons aside, I really didn't care either way. I, I, I'm with you. It's two teams that more often than not, 99% of the time, I'm rooting for whoever they're playing. Same. So the fact they're playing each other, it's just like it was kind of like the Duke-North Carolina game. I mean, I was rooting for, you know, begrudgingly rooting for Duke because I'd bet him. But if I had not had financial, you know, on that, I would just, I just want to see a good game. And I got a good game out of that. It was a good game. Like, that was, that, that, that was what I wanted. And, and last night was a solid, you know, last night was, I just, I just want to see a good game. I really, I really didn't care who won, uh, you know, whether it be Kansas and, you know, Self or whoever, Davis and North Carolina. I, I just didn't give a bleep. I was just like, you know, I just want to see, and I got a good game at least out of it. Yeah, Texas says North Carolina had been 21-0 this season when leading at halftime. They led by 15 last night. That is ridiculous. They also they didn't get Caleb Love over that mark, the 20-point mark where they hadn't lost all season long. They didn't have anybody score 20 points last No, he only had like 13. So, What was the assist number, though? Caleb Love's assist number? Yeah, what was the turnovers you said he has to get to be undefeated? They are undefeated when he has five or more turnovers. He had four. He had four last I know. That's yeah. what I was asking. I couldn't remember. Let me ask you this. Trivia question. And I only, know, Ooh, yay. I only know because I wrote about it today. I wrote about Kansas and Bill Self. Check it out, SBNation.com. Shameless plug. Go get that click. Discounting Coach K because he is, at least as of right now, no longer an active head coach. <laughs> Bill Self gets his second national championship last night. Yeah. How many coaches are there in college basketball with multiple national championships under their belt? Jay Wright. Jay Wright, Bill Self, that's two. Yeah. In, in college basketball? Active coaches in the sport right now. Well, sport is the pro count because Billy Donovan. No, active college basketball. College, that's why I make sure you said sport. That's why I'm to verify. Um, I like that. You could have been a lawyer. Yeah, just just making sure you check out the wording there. You would have been great in, in law school class. <laughs> yeah. the, the only the only class they have in law school. Law. What class are you going to today? Man, yeah, law. It's nine hey, hours. Don't give me cop like that. Yeah, you make me laugh. I still got a little bit left to gather it up in my throat. That's what she said. Uh, um, oh, man. That's the only two, right? Am I forgetting a third that's currently still coaching now that Coach K and Roy Williams are both gone? I believe you are. Oh, Pitino. Yeah. Three active coaches with multiple national championships. Well, now, did Calhoun officially retire this year? Again? Yeah, he's done. Okay. Also, he wasn't D1 anyway. Well, he wasn't. Okay. But that surprised me a little bit. Like it, it's such rarefied air. It also well, self became the first ever Kansas coach to have two titles. You literally cut me off when I was about oh, to say sorry. that. Yeah. It, I do that a lot. It also surprised me that can't, he's the first coach in the history of Kansas basketball to win multiple national championships. Now they do have those those two Helms titles that they claim from like 1922. But get out of my face. That's not a real thing. I mean, yeah, Fog Allen's got one, and then Larry Brown, and now it's the other one. Up, yeah. yeah, and like I I wrote the thing. If you're a Kansas fan, and I, I agree with this, and this is where I think I differ from quote-unquote Big J journalists. Like I, I see things from the perspective of a fan because I still am a fan. If I'm a Kansas fan right now, I'm not thinking about the NCAA stuff. I'm I, I, Honestly, I'm saying it was worth it. If we do get a, a one-year postseason ban, if Bill Self gets suspended for a year, hell, if he gets a two-year show cause, it still is all worth it. Because guess what? During this whole deal, we haven't slipped up a bit. 
we went to the story broke in the fall of 2017 before the 2017-18 season that year we went to the final four the next year we were a three seed the year after that we were the favorites to win the ncaa tournament before the pandemic hit and the tournament got canceled after that we were a four seed and then after that we won the national title like we're rolling we're good you want to are we going to suck for a year maybe but after that assuming we hold on to bill self which i completely expect kansas to do we're going to be right back to winning big 12 titles and competing for national championships like even if they get quote-unquote hammered multiple probation multiple scholarships taken away lose your head coach for a season lose a, a postseason for one year worth it right yeah, I'm sorry. I started thinking about something else too. That's, that makes sense. My mind went to start. I don't know why. I just started thinking like all the blue bloods. Is Kansas like, kind of overrated? Like they just won their fourth title. They put them just right up finally above us. I mean, by comparison, do they even belong in the blue blood list? The counter argument is this: most all time wins in the sport. As well, of right now. Great, but this also means they're all time chokers then. Well, it also means that they. I mean, you're talking about a team that, that went from 1952 to 1988 without a title. Well, it, they went from 1988 to, to 2008 without a title. It also means that they were killing it in like 1910 and 1920, which. It also means the big UK eight. fans cover your ears. Like, that's a big part of your history. Don't get me wrong. You've been great my entire life for the most part, but. You don't have those historical numbers to back up all the, all these facts that you guys spit out. Well, th- a lot of it's based on being successful from the year 1900 through the year 1960. Yeah, when they had Fog Allen and, and, and you know the, the inventor of the game was on. It was your assistant coach. I mean, it's a little easy to have a, a, an unfair advantage over everyone else. Not to mention, let's be honest. I mean, we, we like a lot of people like to rip the SEC for its lack of basketball, but the Big Twelve, Big Size, Big Eight. I mean, you talk about. I mean, ask, Baylor's the only other school to even come sniff a title. Well, I guess Oklahoma in 88, technically. but I mean, Texas Tech almost won one yeah, but, three years ago. But Kansas, I mean, they only got, they've only got five titles from the entire conference and going all the way back to the Big Eight days, meshing into the Big 12. And, that, and that's the only, reason, the only reason someone other than Kansas has one is Baylor's last year. Kansas has the other four now. Oklahoma almost won. Oklahoma and Texas Tech came close. But Oklahoma lost to Kansas yeah. in 88. Uh, was that Billy Dubs? Virginia's team? been in the Final Four. I mean, they've had Final Four teams, but I'm saying actually win a ring. They don't do it. it's only Kansas and it's always been only Kansas for the most part. Uh, I mean, but can't I mean also Kansas is yeah you're talking about Kentucky winning a lot in the thirties and that's not and there's no you know arguing that but also in our lifetime they have as many national titles as Kansas has in a hundred years almost yeah I mean Louisville in our lifetime has as many as Kansas has almost a hundred years Kansas has I mean this is their fourth that still puts them behind Indiana long behind everyone I mean in, in UCLA, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke. I mean, is Kansas the most overrated blue blood? If it just comes down to titles, then sure. I think yeah. you also have to say like they've got the third most title game appearances behind Carolina. I, I take it back, the fourth most behind Carolina, UCLA, and Kentucky. It's not something to brag about when you have so many little titles to win. They've come up one game short a lot of times. I mean, that's – I'm just – I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's – You guys never lost a title game? Overrated. Louisville. Yeah, that's one hundred percent true. That's Never a fact. Title game. Three and zero, baby. Yeah. Kansas is the most overrated. Yeah, take that, Kansas Lawrence. Yeah, <laughs> shots fired at Kansas. I mean, you only got three. I mean, hell, I mean, how, of course you're going to be good in your own state. You only have three Division One schools in your entire freaking state. Let me ask you this: uh, Last night, the one part of the game that we haven't talked about that I want to talk about. Two more to need. So, 
I mentioned in passing the Armando Baycott injury, which as much as he bugs me, and as much as I think he's the UNC Grayson Allen, I did. I hated that he went out and that it played a factor in who won the game. Especially when you see the, the floorboard going. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm getting there. He's also became the first player in the history of the NCAA tournament to have six double doubles in, in one tournament. Like he's as much as we despise him for what he did against us this year and against other teams this year. Hell of a player. There's That's no, crazy. no denying that. Yeah. And the the floor thing. He also like where that happened. If you haven't seen the video, you can find it. The floor does seem to like move when he lands on it, and it's also the exact same spot where Brady Manick fell on the last play with it. They were, it was a design play to get him. They were running that same play that we ran for Matt Cross against NC State. Mm. They were trying to throw it to that corner and he slipped and it was like a slow motion fall. He fell for like 17 seconds, <laughs> but it was that same exact spot. Caleb Love fell there uh, earlier in the game. Stop playing on these stupid like Amazon put together courts. I wholeheartedly believe it played a part in Kevin Ware, that injury. Like Legs don't snap like that. Well, where was also because it was a levitated court, which last night was as well. Last night was the too, dome. Yeah, yeah. It They're was, all levitated, elevated on the at these football stadiums. When we, when I told you, I think the hotel we stayed at in twelve. Hold on, okay. That was <laughs> okay. the crew that puts the floor together. Was at our hotel. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I know why it's crap we made. What I'm getting to <laughs> is so after the Baycott injury happens, Kansas comes down one point lead under a minute to go. They don't attack five on four. They hold the ball to the point where the officials are able to stop play and get Baycott in. If that were, and my guy Dr. Dunk said on Twitter last night, if Louisville does that in that exact same scenario, I pass out. Like, I, I, I'm I, so angry. I'm screaming so much. I lose consciousness. I'm on the floor. I missed the last 40 seconds of the game. What were they thinking? Like that, If they end up losing that game, whether it's Love hitting the shot and it goes to overtime or that possession goes poorly after the break and, and Carolina hits the game winner, like that gets talked about forever in the same vein as the the Chris Webber timeout. Yeah, Billy. I think was it Billy Packard does the game with with them last night. Is that well? No, Billy. <laughs> Billy Packard hasn't been doing it forever. Who, who's Bill Raftery? Bill Raftery. Yeah, I, not bad. Sorry, if I get my old white guy with cliche. cliche. Do not compare Packard and Raftery. <laughs> I mean, do not compare Packard and Raftery. Not in my presence. Do not do that. <laughs> he I, he pointed out the same thing last night. He said, you know, it was like, why are they not? Why didn't they attack? I mean, I mean, I think Blaine Gray was like. Well, I think I think he actually used the word ethical. Maybe I don't think it was out of mercy. I, I mean, it was like if, if you're Kansas, trust me, ethics is not something you can spell, let alone use and do. It was a lack of confidence from Jalen Wilson, who had airballed his last shot by about five feet. I mean, he had I, no idea what to do. I mean, and how did they? I get Kansas still had the ball when they stopped, which that's you're not allowed to do that, right? What do you mean? They stopped play. But Kansas had possession. Kansas had possession. So the rule is... The rule, I'm sorry, as long as the other team has possession, I don't care how long the guy's down the other end. That ball doesn't stop unless there's a dead ball. Well, no, that's not the rule. The, oh. the rule is if there's a natural stopping of play, like you can't stop a fast break. It's like an advantage rule in soccer. You can't stop the play then. But if play slows down and there's nothing, like no no threat of scoring in the moment, that then you can blow the whistle. And that's what happened last night. And it's why if you're Kansas, you can't stop attacking. Like Jalen yeah. Wilson had no idea what to do because he didn't want to shoot the three because he had I mean, been that's terrible shooting. Too, to me, but and I I just I don't understand how you don't like post up David McCormick, make them go three like triple team you and then kick it out to a wide open shooter. Like if they had lost that game, I don't know how you ever get over that moment. I mean, if I'm North Carolina, I'm wondering why don't you why didn't you foul somebody right away too to prevent? I mean, you didn't know Kansas was going to slow down and, and let you have the ball. I mean, if you see your guy go down like Fair that, point. I'm immediately just making. I mean, as long as I don't have four fouls, I'm just doing a quick intentional foul. I mean, yeah, I know it's you're talking about bonus, but 
I mean, again, Russ talking about four on five with our best player on the on the uh, you know hovering you know down the floor on the other end. Yeah. Texas Kansas held the ball for sportsmanship. A reporter asked one of the Kansas guys about it post game. I was shocked too. I don't buy that for one second. There's not one percent of me that believes that. <laughs> Go back and watch that clip. Jalen Wilson like looks. He wants to attack. The the man's playing well off him. He doesn't want to shoot the three. Like it was not. They they had no idea what to do. It was not sportsmanship. Kansas has never had to use sportsmanship at anything they've ever done. Texas- ever. Texas, it wasn't that. Baycott limped back into play. Once he crossed half court, they blew it dead. Well, that's not what they said after the game. They said if there was a natural stoppage of play, a natural, like, if the scoring threat was minimized, like you pull the ball up towards midcourt and you're setting up your offense, then they can blow the whistle. I'm not a fan of that. If the other team has the ball, the play should continue. I mean, I, I get it's unfair. You can say it's not cool, but it's – got to attack. If the other team has the ball, you just can't just call – you just can't blow the – unless it's a clock situation – you can't stop the game for just to stop the game. I mean, that's just not, that's no, you shouldn't be able to do that. Texas says Kansas winning the Natty, along with the success of Arizona and Auburn, removes any excuses for Kenny Payne not to win at a high level. Um, oh, Baji, I think he, um, what? McC- what? I think he means Egg Baji. McCormick and Brown were all sub 100 recruits. They were. I think a lot has been made of like, well, little old Kansas, like, Remy Martin also was like a, a big time recruit, and also he was like twenty points a game, like three years in a row at Arizona State. Yeah, they brought in. I mean, he was yeah, he was preseason Big Twelve Player of the Year, like I think, or preseason Pac twelve Player of the Year. No, he was, should have been set. If, if you were going to give him McCormick, you probably should have given it to him for most valuable player, just off last night's game at least. Yeah, except it's Final Four; it's not just title game. He I did know. nothing in the in the semifinal. I, um, I think it should be title game only. Igbaji also like they brought like he. He was a reclassified kid. Like, he's way too young. Remember, they brought him in, and they were in, intended to redshirt him that first season, and they got so thin that they had to burn his redshirt, and he just kind of was like a, a baby deer. Like, if, if he had been his, in his normal class, like, for his age, he would have been a top 50 player. Like, he had ridiculous potential, but um, he was super young and just stayed in that class so he could go to Kansas with the intention of redshirting. Like, it's not like they didn't have dudes. They didn't have the typical Kansas dudes because of the NCAA stuff, but... I understand your point. I also I think Hubert Davis is probably the person that you want to be pointing towards more and saying, this is why Kenny Payne doesn't have an excuse to not produce here. Hubert had never been a college head coach before, takes over at Carolina, has a decent roster. Um, he also was an assistant there for like eight years. Yeah, I mean, there's not a complete parallel. Yeah. But if we're talking about guys who had never been head coaches before, getting the job at their alma mater, like that's it's nice to at least have one guy that you can point to and say definitively – Success at least in year one. I mean, I think Crum would be a better example of somebody walking into a situation as a first year head coach and doing me successful in year one. Okay, but I, I'll take the that was fifty years ago. I'll take the the more modern example <laughs> to, to make me feel better. I'll take the twenty twenty two example over the nineteen seventy two example if I'm trying to feel better about twenty twenty three. That's what I'm going to say. Also, Tommy Lloyd, potential national coach of the year. I think he did win coach year, didn't he? He split with uh, Ed Cooley won the other the big one the Naismith one which I have a vote in. Which one did you vote for? I voted for Ed Cooley. I'd have voted for well, yeah. Tommy Lloyd had way more talent. I'd have voted just for a random dude just to be the country. You only, again, remember we voted for the semifinals on air. You only get to vote for three for the finals. You can't just like pick whoever you want. Oh, you get three players, three coaches. I'd have voted Patino. Patino, Tubby. Texas says Manic is the perfect type of grad transfer, in my opinion. High major guy who averaged around 14 points a game. Give me that over a mid-major star any day. 
Yeah, I mean, Brady Manic, we need a guy like Brady Manic. There's no, we thought we were going to get one of them like last year with Matt Cross or uh, Noah Locke, and neither one of them shot the ball well at all. But Manic, I mean, he also is a versatile 6'9 guy. Like, he would have been a star anywhere. And it's not like he was a nobody at, at Oklahoma. He played four years at Oklahoma, averaged double figures every single season. So he was a big time get. Yeah, if we can get a guy like that, absolutely. You'd love to have him. Texas says, Mike, you saying, oh my God, under your breath in response to one of Trevor's horrible takes needs to be my ringtone. <laughs> I don't understand what the horrible take was. I haven't had one today. Never. Have you ever? I mean, I've had them, I guess some in hindsight have been bad, but today's were all good. Yeah. Texas says, the only Kansas coach with a losing record is the guy who invented the sport. It's a great fact. Is Smith says, was he, was he, he, I mean, he only coached Kansas for a couple of years, though, didn't he? Uh, it wasn't a lot. It was like, it was tw- like 25 games yeah. or something. Um, I'll tell you what, let's take a break. When we come back, text line's loaded up. We'll get to your text. We'll try to tackle as many as we can before the end of the show. Uh, Tuesday, wrapping it up. Coming up after the break here on Final segment here of the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Trevor, on an Eagles kick. I'm not, I still don't really know why, but he's just... Uh, because I told you, the Eagles pulled off the big draft day Oh, trade, that's what it was, yeah. And I'm getting my tickets to the Eagles tonight. There you go. He's excited. Yeah. We've got, it looks like, 47 texts to get to here. We're not going to get to all of them before in the last 15 wow. minutes of the show here. Andre um, Karolinko, right? Yeah, we got to get out of here a little bit early today. we got bass baseball coming at 635, although right now outside it's not looking ideal. We were supposed to have Louisville baseball against Kentucky tonight at 6.30 was going to be the first pitch. That game has been postponed. Uh, the first of two Battle of the Bluegrass games. We'll see when that gets rescheduled for. But we'll try to get to as many texts as we can here before the end of the show. Let's nail them. Come on. Texter says, not enough people are talking about two things. One, Caleb Love walked on that last shot, so luckily it didn't go in. Did, did he? I didn't see that. I did not pay attention enough, yeah. Two, he was knocked down by L. Ellis in the Louisville-UNC game. <laughs> First, okay, I know we got good text, but I mean, I know I'm not on Twitter, so I didn't see it. But in my head and in my mind and in my home, I was having so much fun with the Puff Johnson like jokes. I mean, like, it's a fantastic. Like, I wanted to tweet so bad, Puff, just don't pass Johnson. Or uh, all you gotta do is say Puff Johnson. When he went down, I was like, looks like he's uh, huffing and puffing there. <laughs> I just saw Puff the Magic Johnson, and then somebody like quote tweeted and said "lives by the three. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Well done." I mean, <sighs> how does one team have a Puff Johnson and a Leaky Black and not win the national title? I mean, yeah. What was the other guy they had a couple years ago that was like the YouTube sensation that didn't end up sucking? Like, oh, Seventh Woods. Seventh Woods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody knew Seventh Woods. I think he's still playing college basketball somewhere. <laughs> East Tennessee State, probably. His video came out, and I just remember hearing, this guy's awesome. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. I just never heard from him again. Between him and Mac McClung, they, they were. <laughs> wow, I don't even remember that one. Well, McClung was, he just graduated last year. Okay. He left Texas Tech after going to Georgetown. But he was ended up being, a, I mean, he's a pretty good college player, but yeah. not nearly as much hype as his hype videos would have indicated. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Texture says, imagine watching Trevor get out of his car with filet fish boxes uh, falling on the ground <laughs> and him walking past you smelling like a Marlboro red carton. I've seen it. Texture. Hey, my car is actually... Th- those are textures. Remember my Prius days? Those were bad. This one's clean. I've kept this one clean with the exception of the few stains from the food poisoning incident on Gene Snyder. God. <laughs> Some stains don't go away. Some stains just don't go away. But and I smoke marble lights, not marble reds. Come on, what, what, come on. What are you thinking? Yeah, hillbilly. Who do you think this guy is. Yeah, I'm class. Get over yourself. My buddy texted me the other day. He got a uh, an order from DoorDash. He sent me the picture. He goes, the, the driver's full pack of cigarettes was stuck to the side of the bag. Oh God! <laughs> and I just kept thinking to myself, that would be you. That driver has got to be so pissed right now. Furious, like, <laughs> mad. I love that you side with the driver. In this. Yeah. And of course, they were ultralights. No one smoked ultralights. No, of course, yeah. I know nothing about cigarettes. <laughs> it's like smoking air. You might as well stand behind somebody with a real cigarette. Sexter says, Mike, are you a big Kristen Cavallari fan? Huge. Love her. Where do I know that name from? She was on Laguna Beach, uh, slash The Hills, slash um, Now. Name sounds from Madison. You know her probably as she was married to Jay Cutler. They had a reality show together. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember Jay Cutler's wife being hot, but yeah. 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 I actually named my second car. It was a Cavalier, Kristen. Kristen oh, nice. Cavallari. First car was Lucille the Lumina. Second car was Kristen the Cavalier. And then I don't. after that, I kind of lost. I think I had a Hocus Focus at one point. I didn't have good names after that. I don't have names now. I, I don't have names. Either. I never really named that. I mean, I talked dirty to my first one because when it would always break down. But other than that, I didn't have a name for it. I'm still more of a, if we're, if we're going old school Laguna Beach, which I could do all day, more of a low fan than either LC or Kristen. Low is the best. Take your word for it. She low. was great. You should have gotten into it, Trev. I should have. Watch it now. You'll love it. I'm still trying to get over the fact I didn't know his name was Casey. I thought his name was Casey. Oh, K- from Dawson's Creek? And I, I do without ever watching the show? I'm not kidding. That bugged me for a week. It's still bugging me now. It kind of bugs me, honestly. I spent 20 years watching that after watching that show, and to this day, I had no idea his name wasn't Pace. I watched the, the, the pilot, and he said it like six times. Every time I said it, it was like a knife in my heart. Honestly, you should feel bad. I do feel bad a little bit. It's pretty embarrassing. I really do. Pretty embarrassing. Embar- I knew and you didn't. I mean, there's a lot of embarrassing moments. That's more embarrassing than, than pooping on the, pooping on myself on the side of Gene Snyder, personally. Texas says, Kansas got away with some very hard fouls. They beat the crap out of Manic. I can't believe those were all inadvertent. And why was there no replay of Puff Johnson getting a blow to the abdomen? Karma for Baycott's play, but still seemed excessive. I didn't think that the officiating was all that terrible last night. Didn't bother me. I didn't think that there was, like, the one call that I thought was, in live, I thought it was the right call, and then replay looked like it wasn't, was the goaltending call on Manic. I thought that they missed that one. Vaguely remember that one. Yeah. Besides that, though, I didn't think it was egregious. No. no seen, I, I didn't see anything that made me think otherwise. I've seen UNC fans complaining online, but that's, I mean, I, think, I feel like every team that's ever lost a national title game by less than 10 points has complained about the officiating. I mean, listen, officials are going to miss call. I mean... Just like a player's going to miss a shot, officials going to miss a call. It happens. No one's perfect. Look at you. That's the most uh, like grace you've ever shown anybody on the show. <laughs> and it came at the expense of officials. Or I've always, officials. I've always been slightly more defensive of officials. I, I, I think there's too easy. It's just way too easy and lazy to just go after officials. It, it is just the easy, laziest take in, in, in modern right now, and, I, and it drives me insane. 
Text says, what year should we start counting official national championships? I say 1966, since there wasn't an all-black lineup until 1962 in college basketball, and the NIT was just as prestigious or more until the early 1960s, and also 1966 is the year Texas Western beat UK. Yeah, that was the, uh, that they started five black players, but CCNY in 1960, I believe, started four. So. It's such a tough thing to, to, to talk about because, like, is a title in 1955 different than a title in, in 2019? Of course. Yeah, title in 2000 is different than a title. Exactly. Today. Like, where's the cutoff? And it's why yeah, I, I get wanting to look at historical things, and I, get, I understand why UK fans and Kansas fans and UCLA fans would want to say we're the greatest program or one of the greatest programs because of this, this, and that. At the end of the day, all that really matters is, like, the most recent season and the next season. I mean, to answer your text your question, I go to 1939. I start. I start with the original tournament, 1939, which is fine. Like whatever. I mean, obviously, you have to take it with a grain of salt in terms of, but also, I mean, yeah, the game's different now. But it was also, I mean, that's like when people talk about players like the dominating players, and you you, you talk about like a George Mikan, and yeah, he would get destroyed today, but he wasn't. Get, I mean, he was the dominant player of his era. Yeah, you have to compare to the era. That's where that's where I, I I get annoyed when people talk about goats, and then and they don't they 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 want to compare. It's an impossible discussion. It is unless you're Jim Brown, who could have played in any era. That's you have to compare it only to the era they are in. Like it's impossible. I mean, I don't consider San Francisco to be a better program than Michigan State because. They've won or uh, they on won. the same level as Michigan State because they've won the same number of national titles. They have actually. Like I don't consider Wyoming to be better than Gonzaga because Wyoming's won a national title and Gonzaga hasn't. Like it's you just have to. There's no way to have these conversations in absolutes. There's always going to be holes to poke in every argument. Of course, and it's why we like doing it. It's, it's debate, but you can't ever come to a a conclusion that everybody's going to agree with. There's always going to be a debate. Like, should it should it count if you won before the three-point line was around or before the shot clock or before the tournament expanded to 64 teams? Like, uh, you just you can't. Yeah. My voice just continues to go. I'm so, I think it's gotten I'm better so as the show's come on, though. Well, I've just stopped trying to. I, I've learned the the levels that I cannot reach. And I've, just, uh, I've stayed yeah, away from them. Yeah. When I started, I was like, welcome back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have died because read the next text where I make a really bad, dirty joke, please. Texture says, thank you. I, I mean, we're, we're both thanking Read you. it. You don't want to imagine that. <laughs> read it. Texture says, I never want to, I, I never want anything bad to happen to you, rough bro, but I can't suppress my curiosity of whether Trevor would carry the show on his own without talking about wrestling. There's no chance. You've already said you don't want to do the show by yourself. Well, I, no, I'm not doing the show by myself. You've no. had chances before where, like, <laughs> yeah. Duke has been like, Trevor can do it by himself. And, like, you've been like, no. No, no. I've done, I've, listen, I've done three hours of radio by myself. I've done. It's not fun. Uh, yeah. And I've done, I've done, had to fill in. We did, we did a high school show, like, once, like, a two hour high school show on Friday nights about Sunday night of basketball a couple years ago. And it was put together, somebody was going to host it. And after one week, that person stopped hosting it. But we had sponsors, so we still had to do it. And here I am for two hours every Friday night talking about Southern Indiana high school basketball. No clue what I'm talking about. I did it, though. I brought on Jason Frakes. I brought on other coaches. I, I mean, I reached out to everybody to come on and kill segments with me. But I did it at all season. Not a clue to talk about what I'm talking about. God bless you. I've done, I've done it in the past. I've earned my – I've done my dues. I've been in this business now since 15 years. No. Not doing it on my own anymore. Done. Those days are past. That's for intern Jack and those guys that are still coming up. Those days are done for Trevor. By the way, intern Jack, I saw on Twitter, thought Jesse Jackson was Janet Jackson's brother. Oh. Love you, Jack Grossman. But, man. That's a tough one. Boy. That's 
not, you don't bounce back from that one. Either, that's boy. not a good one at all. Texas says, Mike, what do you make of all the Rondo talk? I don't know what to make of is it. There, is there Rondo talk? There's t- there are rumors out there that Rondo wants to join the UofL staff. Isn't he still in the NBA? Yes. I've got no idea if, <laughs> no, if he plays, there's but... any. It's the same as the rumors of you know DJ Wagner transferring to Ballard. I've seen him. I can't give you any insight as to whether or not it's crazy talk or legitimate. No idea. Uh, Texas, time for crazy talk, speaking of. Yay! Reds 162-0, baby. Mark it down. I got my MLB The Show 2022 last night. We did. The Reds are 29th out of 30 teams. Sounds about right. They have the, they are, when you go overall ratings, their best player, Joey uh, Votto, in 82. No team has, no team has a player as their best player rated as low as the Reds. Well, just wait till Jonathan India hits 35 bombs from the leadoff spot this year. Blue Jays, second out of 30. They're good. They're, They're it's going to be a fun loaded. Game. We cut Shogo Akiyama today. I had no idea Kevin Grossman even signed with the Blue Jays. <laughs> I hardly knew you, Shogo. Who did you cut? Shogo Akiyama. Oh, the outfielder? Yeah. Never never really clicked. I was excited about the signing. Never really clicked here. Yeah. I know you're, ta- I know you're talking about. Texture says, uh, wow, Kenny Johnson joining Archie Miller's staff uh, as assistant ahead of IRP decision on him. I knew that. I've heard that rumor for a while. Kenny Johnson got a job. I didn't know that was official. <laughs> He's gonna hire Jordan Fair next. <laughs> I thought so. I, I'd heard that rumor that this was going to happen. I didn't. Let me look at it real quick. Make sure it actually did. <laughs> Who's Archie Stapp? Kenny Johnson, Chuck Person. I mean, what's <laughs> the guy from Arizona? I don't know his name. Did you see? By the way, um, speaking of Kenny Johnson, and you know, he was at LaSalle before this. Got let go when the the notice of allegations came out. LaSalle hired Fran Dunphy today. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Former, Temple. Former Temple coach, yeah. So he will coach against Temple now. I mean, he was you know Temple coach forever, and he's 73 years old. He took over for Cheney, did he not? Yeah. He's okay. 73. Wow. Weird hire by a weird program in LaSalle. I guess you just bring him in for like a two-year stopgap. He's hope been gone he from Temple for a while, too, hasn't he? I mean, I think he retired. I think it was like three or four years ago. Has it been only three or four years? Okay. I was it's been longer than that, but yeah, it sounds right. So I'm seeing rumors. I still don't see official Kenny Johnson to URI, but I have heard the rumor. We'll see. Well, it's, I guess the retirement circle and hiring coaches is on full swing because Butler hired Dad Mata. Dad Mata, which is, I mean, hey. I, oh, it's a great, great hire, hire for Butler, I think, yeah. I mean, fail, win or fail, it's still a great hire. Texas is a crime that will never have a top tier cringe fest in the form of a Tom Crean, Josh Pastner coaching duo somewhere. Well, they did square off oh, against don't. one another in the NIT a few years ago. And don't say don't, don't say that just yet because those two aren't out of the coaching business. I mean, Crean's going to land somewhere. Is he? Yeah. Well, if you're especially from a mid level program, I would definitely take a chance on Crean. He's no. a good coach. Nobody has yet. I think he might be back to doing podcasts for a year. He, I'm not saying it's going to be right now, but he will be. Mark my words. Tom Cream will be a head coach again in college basketball. I love. We have three texts back to back about I, when we were talking in the at the end of the four o'clock hour about guys that we thought were going to kill it in the pros. Yeah. that just didn't pan out. Three texts back to back saying the same player who I think was a, a pretty good pro, maybe not, not as good as he, his college career would have indicated. But three people said Marcus Camby back to back to back. Oh, Camby was. Good pro. Camby's in that argument of Tyson Chandler, though. Text like, says, is he, was he worth the two pick? Yeah. Because he did have a solid career, though. Text Because one texture said Marcus Camby. The next texture said Marcus Camby for me. And then the last one said, I thought Marcus Camby was going to be better than Tim Duncan. Which, that qualifier makes it a better tag. Well, first because, of all, damn, Marcus Camby also came out like five years before Tim Duncan. Well, you can, well not that. Well, no. Duncan came out in, what, 89? His last season was when they beat us, 97. 97. He was, yeah, 97. Camby, Camby came was out in 96. 90. I guess you're right, yeah. Yeah, they lost in the Final Four to you. Yeah. 
Kim, we went to the expansion team. You're right, yeah. Texas, can Mike James be the best player in basketball with the name James next year? Many people are wondering. You're damn right. <laughs> okay, I don't get the James reference. Well, LeBron. Oh, yeah, yeah. Texas says Fred Van Fleet is an NBA All-Star, and Russ Smith played in Fort Wayne. Mine's still blown. I thought Van Fleet was going to hang around the NBA for a while. I thought I just loved his game. He went undrafted. I did not think he would ever be an NBA All-Star. He was undrafted, right? I think so, yeah. It did, was he? I think so. I thought he was going to be in the NBA. I did not think he'd ever be an All-Star. Yeah, because he's right there with Wesley Matthews. is probably one two of the two of the best undrafted, in the modern era, undrafted players to play in the NBA. Texas, it's cool that we're going to Maui, but are we going to be good? <laughs> well, we'll find out in Maui. Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, if you're going to suck, at least you suck in Maui, right? I mean, if you're going to go watch us suck, at least you're in Maui doing it. I mean, even when we've been good, we have not had success in Maui over the years. Whenever we go there, we do not play well. We I'll lose e- the first game every single time. Yeah, I, I, I only remember the one, like I said, we went down there and we, we lost to Colorado, like in the 90s. Texas, that Thanksgiving weekend that you guys were talking about is going to be insane, plus the NFL slate on Sunday after all you just mentioned. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. an incredible week. It's going to be awesome. Like Thanksgiving might be the worst sports day of that week, even though the lines are going to be I mean, it's always 14-0 by that point. Keep in mind, though, that's every Thanksgiving weekend. The only difference is now you're adding the soccer. Everything else is already there. And you still have, we'll have the college football games on that Friday, too, that typically get Yeah, played. you have the Egg Bowl, and yeah. Uh, Texas, that will be the week that they hang the banners back up, too. <laughs> Is there? I, I saw this take from a lot of people too. Like Josh, put the banner back. If I Kansas saw, yeah. wins, it doesn't matter. I've been saying that forever. Like just do it anyway. I mean, like I said, no Carolina '96 or and just in '16, the same thing. But I if mean. we've waited this long, just go ahead and wait till October, whenever we hear from the IRP, then do it. Do, do you do you announce you're going to redo the banner, or are you just like surprise like a crowd, home, good home crowd one day with it? I will say what I've been saying, <laughs> which is. Be as obnoxious as you can possibly. I want the banner to be 50 times as big as every other banner inside That'd the Young awesome. Center. I want the court for next season, 10-year anniversary, to be a full banner. Like make the, make the court an image of the 2013 national title banner. Put the banner as our jerseys next year. Everything you can, Fly everything you can in the face of the NCAA. I, I just think it'd be cool to they, 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 like big game coming up against, I don't know, Duke or North Carolina. It's like, a secret special announcement, like mystery announcement. Do it, and then an old wrestling trope, you know, like mystery opponent who will it be. We all know it's going to be Cody, but it doesn't matter. Like do that, and then just have him. I mean, that'd be. Just, I, I would love to do that. Uh, we have text on Kenny Johnson and Sean McGill. We can't get to him. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Everybody who texted in that we couldn't get to today, my deepest apologies. Keep texting in though, all because guess, guess what? College basketball is over. We're going to need stuff to talk about now for the next five months. It's a long wait until we get into football. Yeah, and if you leave it to me, you don't want to, you don't want to go down that road. I mean, there's no leaving it to you. You're going to thunder in anyway with whatever you want to say. You so. know what I did last night after the championship game? Uh, we got to get out of here, Trevor. I watched Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2 back-to-back. Everybody enjoy your Tuesday night. <laughs> we will be back tomorrow at 3. <laughs> we will talk about sports, and we will not talk about Beverly Hills Cop. I promise you that. Aww. Have a great Tuesday night, everybody. I'm not coming. <laughs>